flippers only got one arm. The drummer from the flippers only got one arm. The drummer from the flippers only got one arm. The drummer from the flippers only got one arm. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast, where we are broadcasting to you live from the Corona capital of the world, Phoenix, Arizona. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How's everyone doing? I'm Matt. Okay, Dizzle the Rapper. What are you talking about? I'm the rapper, dude. That's right. You can't steal Brian's persona, bro. (laughs) The drummer for the Flippers only got one arm. I am not the rapper. I'm Corbin Ford. <laughs> uh, everything's in chaos already. Chaos right. is good. Oh, yes. Chaos is fantastic. Anyways. Um, for all of you out there. Yeah. Everyone heard it during the intro, bro. Everyone heard your, your sick rapping skills. <laughs> We're gonna be brought. We're gonna be uh, joined here in a few minutes um, by actor John Pierre. Uh, we're just waiting for for him to get on. Um, so we thought we'd just keep things off on time. A little bit on time, oh. right? No CP time for this one. No. Nope. Welcome, uh, welcome, Corbin. I wasn't back. used to it, right? We missed you last week, Corbin. I missed you too. I really did. We you missed the best your. Um, you missed some some fantastic conversation. As I always do. About, <laughs> Every Friday uh, is a fantastic one. About Virtual Con at home. Are you excited for Virtual San Diego Comic Con at home? I am. <laughs> I didn't know how Kyle felt about it. I, yeah, I am. I mean, listen, they've taken every, not they, the coronavirus, it, everything that I look forward to this year is gone. So, I mean, I might as well buy some cheap snacks and tune in to some panels and pretend desperately that i am walking the halls of my buddies and uh that's what i'm gonna do i don't know if it's gonna be great it's like it's like it's like diet coke compared to when is it that's a sad analogy Hmm? when is it supposed to go down the 21st in two weeks and on a saturday sunday monday tuesday it's wednesday thursday friday it's the same days as the original san diego comic-con you know what we should do we should yeah. find a bar that will simulcast it or something, or or barbecue and. Well, there's a problem with that. That would be sick. Bars, bars are, are closed. closed. <laughs> Restaurants are down to fifty percent capacity. So you know that that would be a cool idea, except for you know we have Corona. to go to house then. Yeah. We, just go so to we need to do it live because just like this episode, it's brought to you by Bullet and Red Bull. You want to be cool like Kyle? Drink a Bullet and Red Bull. You want to be cool like Kyle? Cool Kyle. Also a rapper. Also a rapper. What? Ooh, Corbin. Corbin's staying hydrated by drinking uh, some water. Lemon water. I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a complex individual. Dash of lemon juice. A little bit of lime. Brian rocked Sorry. out and decided to come back. I, uh, I accidentally I accidentally pressed the wrong button. I feel it. He's wanting to move around, just move the configuration. I'm with it. It's going to be a hot one in Phoenix tomorrow, boys. Yo, I'm dying right now. It's a hot one every day. Curbside pickup has been outside for three hours a day during the hottest part of the day. So trust, like, it's it's a hot one, yo. I feel like Bobby Schmurda hot in it. No, can't say that word. Here. So you're gonna do speed dating at a uh, Comic Con from home, Corbin? Yes, he's gonna I, speed date with Lucy and then Sarah. Ew! No, no, I am not. No, <laughs> I am not. I've made a resolution. I am no longer pursuing dating for the rest of 2020. And this. Helps with the speed dating. 
It helps prevent chafing. Oh my god! It makes it smooth gliding. Y'all are nah, nah. That's what coconut oil is for. No, Gee, how hard is it to live up to that uh, proclamation, Corbin? I'm not dating for the rest of 2020. Where are you gonna this, go? I, I'm already not going anywhere as is. I'm I'm work. I'm home. They took the gyms away. I got the park. That's it. Like your basketball podcast. I still got the. I haven't done it in three weeks. You got your two basketball podcasts. You got this. You got couch crunchers. You got spinner. You're a busy man. How do you find? <laughs> I thought Brian was busy. Whore. Yeah. No, no. Brian. Brian is what I strive to be. I have my own pod on my own time, which hasn't happened in three weeks. I have a podcast I'm a co-host on, and that is that. And then I have these two. I mean, I don't really. I could easily just say, you know what, and go. What's with your that. basketball podcast called? Breaking ankles. No, it's called NBA Today. Alley Oops <laughs> with, with Corbin, Corbin Ford. It's called the Pick and Roll with Corbin Ford. I was already taken. Actually, it's called really? Pick and Roll UK. Yep. Trust oh. me. And even NBA Today is one of five different podcasts that share the same name. So trust me. You're not getting anything special from that. You're just getting me talking basketball, which is I think like fouled out fouled out with Corbin Ford is has got some Ooh, promise. I think one. that's gone too. Stretch pod, pick and roll, give and go. The dish, the read, you name a popular basketball terminology, and I can assure you that it's been taken, whether it's for one episode or 18. This is coming to you live, the basketball podcast, The Brick. There you go. Airball. Airball of Corbin Ford. Can, I can confirm that's gone. But yes. What, what about um, something every, every like episode um, should just start with a montage of you shooting paper in a wastebasket. And it missing. Or like, just like, nah. uh, have you ever seen Along Came Polly? Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman and that the rainmaker and he's just batting, like bricking the ball. Actually, I think I have seen that <laughs> at least the clip. Yeah, no, it's fine. But I mean, you you have a basketball podcast, which is great. Except basketball hasn't happened for the past four months and won't happen for another three weeks. So, yay to that one. Brian, I mean Brian's going to start a hockey podcast, so you guys can you guys can double up, start a hockey and basketball podcast. <laughs> if I knew a thing about, it's going to be called. Uh, Ripping the puck with Mac or knuckle what? pucks with McClay. It's already a band. You can't do knuckle puck. Oh, five hold. Five hold with Brian McClay. There you go. I shot like from, um, Shot from the point. Oh, look at Mike in here in the rated R show. Really? I like uh, <laughs> Cylinder Suitcase. Cylinder Suitcase? Mike, what? Michael? Uh, oh, Mike from Grizzle Geek. Yeah, he joined the. Uh, a lot of people, old people in the chats up here. I <laughs> see y'all. My balls okay. with Corbin Ford. <laughs> yeah, I'm ignoring that one, but the rest of y'all, I appreciate that. <laughs> I like yeah. that one. I think that one's a winner, a bro. Butterscotch to all of you. Right my back balls to you, with Corbin Ford. <laughs> I think that's a good one. I love me some butterscotch. We've you established tonight. We've established tonight that uh, Grizzle Geek is a is a a PG podcast. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. That doesn't support Batwoman. We want to monetize. Yep. Instead of talking about the girth of a giant sentinel toy, they decided to talk about some miniatures instead. So, Where the fuck is our guest? He's coming. It's okay. He's fashionably late. I'm a goddamn superstar. I cannot be there any earlier than 8.14. I mean, he is hey. a playboy, whatever, rapper, whatever. I mean, you know, hashtag influencer. He's he's a busy man. 
when you are yeah, the dude, uh, a renaissance man. Yeah, dude, when you're a rapper, actor, comedian, an impressionist, a freestyle rapper, a music producer, and a parapsychologist, it's all right to be a little late. You know? Yep. Maybe he's got to go. Because he's a busy guy. Yeah, that's right. He's going to bust some ghosts. You know? He's got Kyle's got to talk about his uh, ghost hunting skills. I'm going to. I'm going to. I want to hear Kyle's thought, speaking of since he brought that up. And he, he canceled karate if you were in Cooper. I want to hear your thoughts on them uh, revamping or rebooting Wonder Years. I definitely ain't going to quit karate for this one. No? You're not going to start karate and then quit for this one. <laughs> yes. I just don't... I just don't think it's going to work right now like it did then. It's set in the same time frame. Yeah, but it... That's worked stupid. In, it in the 80s into the 90s but I don't think that is going to work today I think it's going to be It's. I think people are too young people can't handle it now what do you mean subject matters and you know you know if you're going to be doing subject matters of the 60s we're doing subject matters in now obviously right you're like, saying that everyone's too soft now Kind of, yeah. I guess. I look at it like blackish. I don't know. I don't think it's gonna be like blackish though. I think it'll be more less funny, of course. But yeah, it's gonna be more serious of, and you're gonna face I think it's gonna be more in tune with what's going on in society today. I think you're so gonna like, You said same time period, the sixties and the seventies? Yeah. Yeah. That's stupid. That's been done before. Why not yeah, do the yeah, it's called the Wonder Years. Here's why the Wonder Years was so good because the the people who were like our age at the time grew up during that time period, so they got the nostalgia period thing. We're now we're that age. We want to see nostalgia about when we grew up. That's so why we Wonder, watched Goldbergs. Yeah, the Wonder Years for us was the 80s and the 90s. So are like, they doing the Wonder Years from a different perspective? Because I would say that looking at the Wonder Years, I don't see a lot that. Like my family remember, if that's what you're referring to. Like, what do you mean? Like, just the time period? Or are they doing it from like the same time period from a different point of view? Because if that's the case, I'm all for that. Because that's not something that we've seen on that side, aside from like satire. If it's like the exact same thing, beat for beat, and we're just changing color on it, then I have issues. You know what I mean? Well, that's, like, that's, how, from, that's how it sounded to me. If it's like, okay, if that's the case, I'm not with. If it's like everybody hates Chris, where I'm seeing it from a different literal people's perspective i'm okay with that because it's got something that they're the wonder years is great for like 98 percent of people i give them the wonder years you know like okay there was some moments i'm sure but like i don't know i i, I guess if it's anything like that like if it's gonna be a rehash and we're just gonna throw a different uh shade of pa paint on it then yeah i'd have concerns because as you all just said it's been done before but like i i'm always a fan of looking at it from a different lens so if that's what they're doing then Again, I'm waiting to see, I guess. You have to have Chris Walk be the voice Who the fuck is Chris Walk? Well, they already did that with, with his show. <laughs> Chris that, Walk. That, uh, everybody hates Chris, right? Everybody hates Chris. You know, yeah, they got that You're gonna see you're gonna see the same time frame like the the uh, Vietnam War and but you're gonna see it from the different the black family's perspective versus the wonder years. Well, that's good. Well, I'm okay with that then. I mean, maybe it's a good time to remind everybody what the 60s were like for the black families. 
Yeah. No, I I, I agree. It was the way. I, <laughs> I was just thinking of something when you said that. <laughs> what? Spit <laughs> it out, fucker. <laughs> that was, by the way, that was sarcastic, guys. So. No, I, I figured that's what I jumped on. Like, no, I'm good. I'm all the way good on that one. <sighs> Living on out to everybody in the chat tonight. Let's get some get some likes in the house. I already see yeah, people are hitting sure. the like button. We appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, Freaks and Geeks was a good one. So Freaks and Geeks I, is a fantastic show. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's crazy how many big stars in Hollywood today got their start on that show. James Franco, Seth Rogen, um, the chick who plays the mom, yeah, <laughs> the that, mom that, in that Avengers. Was, I can't I think of her name right now. I'll probably butcher it anyways. So the chick that plays uh, Velma and Scooby Doo. Yeah, um, I'm gonna look her up right now. I can't. I can't. Her <laughs> I name escapes so me. <laughs> oh, Linda Cardinelli. Yeah, Cardellini or Cardellini. Thank you for correcting me because I can't pronounce names. That '70s show was awesome. I love that. 70s By the way, show. what's up, Isfahan? Yeah, that '80s it's show. <laughs> that eight, see that '70s show was was dope, but that '80s show sucked ass. So there was a show called that '80s show. Yeah, it was Are you serious. Yeah, it was a spinoff. I've yeah. never heard of that. You yeah. need to make I that think '90s show. One season, maybe. It's really. I'm looking this. Yeah, up. it's old. That '80s show. Are you kidding me? Speaking of the '70s, dude, I went to the mechanic today. Okay. Oh yeah, here we go. But I got, I got the call. Hey, Mister Kyle. Did they call you, Mister Kyle? Oh. Your VW is ready, and I'm like, oh. I got all excited, and I, you know, I don't, I don't see finger guns. I see more of like shirtless belly roll. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, yeah. So I went there. I went in, and I paid. And oh yeah, that's what most people know. But to the to the few that made the bets, and um. For the dollar amount, it ended up being one thousand ninety bucks. So the three thousands, your guys' high ass fucking estimates, it only being ended up being a thousand ninety bucks. So what you're saying is nobody won your contest, so you don't have to give anything away. No, I'm still gonna give something out. I'll, I'll give. I'm still gonna give. I'm gonna give you. What was the problem? What was the problem? He bought it his own Volkswagen. No, it wasn't anything <laughs> crazy. It was like uh. It was like uh, one of the feelings. Disavowed. What's up, disavowed? Yeah, for sure. Big, much love, brother, sister, whoever you are. It was a uh, <laughs> zer. It was like it pretty much. He like I did half the tune up. He did the other half of the tune up. He replaced the fuel injector. So you're saying you tuned each other up? I tuned it up, and he tuned it down. No, but it just. It was minimal fuel injector, uh, a couple parts. He fixed the wiring, he made the turn signals work, the brakes work. Fucking, it was only running on two cylinders, so we got it so that it was running on four. Now it wasn't anything super crazy. So I got there today, and I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah! And they gave me the key. I paid. Went in, turned the key on. Oh my god, nothing like that. That Volkswagen purr. Uh, yeah. Oh man! And I'm like, great, great, let's get in. And I was like, all right. And I went to go push on the brake, and I had asked my brother-in-law, and I was like, hey, 
turn signals work. He's like, yep. I'm like, cool. So I pushed on the brake. Um, and I was like, he's like, how about the brake lights? He's like, I don't see no brake lights. And I'm like, shit. And it was, they charged me like $250 to fix the brake lights. So are they going to fix them? Yeah, it's still, I didn't end up taking it home. And he's like, oh, the mechanic just happened to, uh, the mechanic just happened to go to lunch. I was like, shit. <laughs> he's like, he'll be back in about an hour. If you just, you know, if you want to come back in an hour, you can talk to him, you know, and he'll, he'll, fi- you know, he said, they said, we'll fix it. To, you know, shout out. They're some good people. They're like, we'll fix it. Of course. You know what I mean? I, they pay, you know, I paid for it. And uh, so I'm sitting there and I'm sitting there and I'm sitting there and I'm sitting there. And uh, I was trying to guess, guess who the mechanic is game. So the car would pull up to the, it's like the shop is next to this four way intersection, four stop signs. And I'm sitting there with my brother-in-law and I'm like, all right, we're going to play the, I'm going to guess when the mechanic pulls in game. And I'm sitting there watching like a minivan pulls up and I was like, ah, that's not him. And I play this game, all these cars, and all of a sudden I see this Volkswagen truck drive it up. And I was like, oh, there's the fucking mechanic. And uh, he, they must have called him because he, he looked like he was prepared. Not prepared like defensively, but like he was looking at the car and then he was like looking around. Like so comes I, I, in tightening his black belt, ready to fight. Getting, all, de- getting all defensively. He just, he just brings a... <laughs> Brings a board out of his truck and breaks it real quick as he's getting ready to walk in. So, you know, I got out and I was like, I got out of my brother-in-law's car and I was like, hey, he must be the mechanic. I mean, that I'm Kyle, the guy who, you know, he's like, oh, awesome. It was cool about it. I was like, dude, the fucking car sounds great. It's like, I know. Like, he got as excited as I did about how not how awesome the car sounded. You know what I mean? Just that it was running and, you know, he like like that's cool like you don't i i don't know i like i told last week i don't have a big like mechanic stories i don't have a lot of you know what i mean i don't besides taking it to the dealership because it's under warranty but i've never so if they had this guy and i was like hey i got a couple questions you know and uh he's like yeah sure no problem and he was excited as i was about the car which i think is kind of cool that means he enjoys <laughs> oops shit i'm stocked everything over um <laughs> Earthquake, you know it, it's just cool because it looked like you know you could tell he enjoyed working on it, which is kind of which is kind of cool, you know what I mean? Like most people hate their job. And I was like, what about this? What about this? And I took I took uh, Tim's advice, and I just you know I didn't I wasn't a dick, but I asked, you know, I did this, why didn't it work? What made, did you do to make it work? You know, and he was cool about it. And I was like, what's those wires for? He's like. Ah, your car used to have air conditioning. And I was like, holy fuck. Holy fuck. I want to put air conditioning back in this thing. But he's like, I'll fix it. And I was like, you know what? I was like, since the price, I know, since the price was so good, Uh um, I was like, which this is probably like the, 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 the mistake. But I was like, since the price was so good, You like, actually said because the price is so good. I was like, is there anything else you, since you have to take it back into the shop and work on it again and fix the brake lights, is there anything else that you would recommend that I should do 
that I can get an estimate for. And he was like, well, it runs pretty good. I mean, he was like, he's like, I don't know. And I was like, well, I did notice that like, you know, the instrument panel where it's like the gas gauge and the turn signals and the miles per hour, you know what I mean? Those outs in your, your instrument cluster in the dashboard. Mm -hmm. Well, I noticed when I turned the turn signals on and stuff, I didn't like, it didn't go, you know what I mean? Like, so you know that you're turning left, you know, there's a little indicator. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, I noticed this. And he's like, I didn't know to fix that. And I said, no, it's cool, man, because I didn't ask you to. I just wanted turn signals and you made turns. You know what I mean? Like he just they did, which was also cool. They just did exactly what I asked. I want this, this, and this done. And and he was like, so he, I was like, why don't you give me an estimate to fix that? I want all my I want my instrument stuff to work. Why don't you go ahead and fix that? Watch fix that. <laughs> Did you at least tell him to put AC back in it? He's like, if I were you, I wouldn't put AC back into this car. Oh. You, re you realize you live in Arizona, right? It's a 36 horsepower Volkswagen. <laughs> the AC is probably not is going to pretty much fucking probably hinder it. It's why it would be my winter car. Oh, got the absolute geek money for a winter car. But I'm, I'm yeah, and who's got absolute geek money now, Corbin? Whose pockets are loaded now, Corbin? Because I'm not the one buying a new uh, a, a toy car. Oh, I know hey. it, has to to, it has to go to Kyle now, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> excuse me, sirs. I think eighty million pockets. I think I, I sold a lot of comic books that were close to my yeah. heart yeah. to yeah. do yeah. this. Out of respect, that's true. Like, but you, I don't have, them, I don't have two Batman Beyonds. I don't have a first appearance of Thanos anymore. I don't have. I never had it. I don't. I don't have um, a Batman spawn. I, well, that I'm you didn't kidding. give me money for it, so it's not. Listen, it's not a big loss. And uh, oh, wow! Okay. Like, I sold my first Taskmaster. I sold my first Boba Fett. I sold like. I ain't shit. I get it. <laughs> it's not like I just fucking. I had to fucking sell shit that I fucking that was close to my goddamn heart. I feel you. I mean, that winter car. I sold. Cool. I sold a Spider Man three hundred. I sold a first Gambit. I sold. What else did I sell yeah, you, Matt? I, I get. That's I'm it. About to Just those two. Oh no, uh, three hundred one. Three hundred one. Spider Man so three. It, it took some cost, but it was worth it because you wanted your winter car more than yes. some of these comics. So you can't. You can't have it both ways. How many of these comics did you have doubles of, Kyle? Oh, that, that's a better question too. Now all of a sudden. Spider-Man 300 and Michael Stout, Michael Stout nailed. He said, Kyle's rich. Don't believe him. That's right. That's <laughs> okay, exactly what it is. I think I'll take that one better. Yeah. I see those prints in the back. What what I'm hearing right now is I think Corbin, between all your basketball podcasts and this, you need to learn how to work your, uh, your contracts oh, better. I need to quit everything <laughs> because I'm making money on nothing. <laughs> Just free time. But you know what? It's for the love. But you're right. I need to negotiate directly with Yatu because apparently – yeah, I got winter cars, and I got once a month cars. I've got one car <laughs> that's ten years old. All right, but you're already negotiating for a new one in the chat. So, like, you want to get right. no? I want exactly. you to negotiate me a new one. I mean, I can I can negotiate you some new. It's kind of hard when I'm going to the dollar store to negotiate mine. I'm walking out with some Hot Wheels. Like, like that's <laughs> I just I'm want getting. you to walk in and be like, "There's some dirt on that. How about twenty five bucks?" <laughs> you know. Listen. I, I I gave you the blueprint in the chats on how there's, to negotiate. There's some dirt on okay. that. How about want we knock down a couple thousand? I take the first available offer. They go, eh, and give it to you for I don't know what a going car is. Fifteen hundred deal. 
The one thing that is cool, though, I almost bought a new transmission for it because I thought the stroke. And when it got fixed, it fixed <laughs> it fixed the transmission problem. So that, Michael Stout says Kyle pisses stimulus checks. There it is. Yes, Michael knows what's up. Matthew Scott. Oh, sorry. I thought it said Stout. My bad. Oh, Matthew Scott. There you go. See, we need to get some absolute geek money. Michael Stout, Matthew Scott. We got too many people in this chat. King of names. Yeah, I suck at names. We've established this. We established this last week. I I piss stimulus checks. You do. I light my blunts off the stimulus checks. You wipe your ass. I mean, you get expensive drinks. I should have put two and two together a long time ago. Who gets expensive drinks? You get the good stuff. You get that peanut butter whiskey or whatever. Not no four dollar drink. Yeah, Corbin's over here getting Long Island iced teas without the stop, iced tea. Stop! Stop! <laughs> so you know That's he can't true. even afford the iced tea in his Long That's Island iced tea. All right, everybody, we're making bets. When does everybody think our guest is coming? Be here, I bet you any minute, eight o'clock. Did you message him? No, I'm just guessing. You gotta trust the process. Basketball reference. Somebody would know. So I don't listen to my basketball podcast. Anyway, nine o'clock. Yeah, yeah. What about your basketball podcast? I said no one listened to it. I mean, uh, double right. dribble with Corbin Ford. Everyone go subscribe to double dribble with Corbin Ford. That doesn't exist. Everyone go <laughs> subscribe to pick and roll with Corbin Ford. I'm done with y'all. There it is. <laughs> I hadn't shared that. He's going to have a McDonald's commercial. A McDonald's commercial will start his show. For literal months, because I knew the minute somebody thought this would happen, I knew it. I said, Nah, nobody cares about it on Facebook, and the ones who do care make fun of me. I'm like, eh, why not? Immediately, the very first day. Are you going to podcast? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. I, yeah. I, make, I would make fun of anybody who has another podcast. Of course you would. That's why I didn't share it. Corbin Ford. That's why I didn't share it. guys are a mess. Intentional <sighs> foul. Already gone. A lot of these basketball, you know what? I'm about to go. You we should call to- it the flop. Nope. Well, you the know Reggie, what? The Reggie Miller flop. Oh, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna do this. The yeah. LeBron lame. That one probably exists. Do you remember when Reggie Miller would jump up and he'd kick his foot out that three points so he could get that extra that extra foul point? Oh. <laughs> uh check out toss and balls with the Cocosaurus Rex Corbin Ford. There it is. <laughs> Basketball B-ball distractions, B-ball podcast, back to the basket, back to back, backcourt banter, backcourt violation. How back about the layup? Back. Just the layup. layup. Let's go to the L's. Um, Let's go to the L's. <laughs> Let's check this one out real quick for you. You said layup. How about tail, tails from the three-point line? Layup's gone. Last no, second. not layup. The layup. Put also that the gone. in front of it. Put some distinguished. layup is also gone if you're interested in switching up the hands. <laughs> Left hand layup's gone. You said what else? Tales from the what? Tales from the three point land. Or Tales from three point land. I bet you that one's not taken. That one isn't. That's very specific. Take or your Tales shot. from the three point line. Tales talking, talking, talking. Or you like to get hyped. So, uh, like half court hype man. That's what I was going to say. The half court is taken. I can tell you that right now. Half court. Just <laughs> half time, half cocked. Half, half yeah, cocked. Half, half cocked. Good one. South Carolina. Of course, it's South Carolina. Anyway, yeah, it's gone. Um, the riding, <laughs> riding, riding pine with Corbin Ford. You guys are ridiculous. Your whole show could be just about people coming off the bench. Big bucket and Mike is Dude, taking. Yeah, bench I mean, warmer basketball bonanza with Corbin Ford. 
Alcoholics Anonymous. It's a lot of, yeah. Oh, Dangu Sports. So you call it the Triple B cast with Corbin Ford. <sighs> Big Baller Brand? I don't no. think so. Bench Warmer <laughs> Basketball <laughs> Bonanza. There's like 18 million. <laughs> Sneaker right, Squeaks with Corbin Ford. I'm done with y'all. Yes, we did see the Sentinel 26-inch. We were having fun with the, with the awesome guys from Grizzled Geek about it yep. about yeah. an hour ago. It's super sick. And unfortunately, bucks. yeah, and unfortunately, Mike from Grizzled Geek can't handle the girth, so he's going to buy some miniatures instead. What the fuck is that 4K thing you're talking about? What is that? What? Oh, it, Warhammer 4K? It's a or 40k. It's a fucking game, dude. It's like a turn-based strategy game that takes like days to play. It's like one of those things where like you your dude makes a move and then you gotta wait for somebody else to make a move and you can play it with like people from across the country. And they're real real sticklers about it. Uh, Greg uh, Schoen yeah. plays it too. Reagan. Greg. <laughs> Grizzly too big for me. I got Rascal stickers in the mail. I did too. I'm- I'm smacking one of those on the V-Dub when I, when I get it back from the mechanic. There you go. Back Rascal up. sticker on there. Smacking one on the V-Dub. <laughs> That's not going to sound cool. That is so good. Oh, my God. I filled the cup when I started it. <laughs> yep. That's what she said. It was, aw- it was awesome. So I'm so says, says, so says, come on, Corbin. Sneaker squeak is awesome. I filled my cup, too, by the way. And, and also, it's all you hear during a good game, oh, anyway. <laughs> you're right. You're right. That's all you're going to hear in Orlando when there's no sound or anything, just sneaker squeaking. Oh man! What Did you see what the, the whole podcast is? What you guys do is you guess who is making the sneaker squeak. Did uh, Did you guys see what the White Sox are doing? No, they're, I don't, they're allowing fans to go on their website and. Send submit photos of themselves, appropriate photos of themselves, and they're they're blowing them up <laughs> to life size cutouts to put in the stands. So it looks like there's people in the stands, but it's just life size cutouts. Dude, I, I would have to do it shirtless. You have to do it shirtless. That wouldn't be appropriate for viewers, Kyle. You know this. Oh, dude, you see shirtless guys at basketball or baseball games all the time. You're not gonna see them blown up in still images. I'll tell you that. Oh, come oh. on, dude. Dad bot is in. Dad bod. Oh, yeah. It's all about dad bod. Especially in the especially in a pandemic, it's all about dad bod. Everybody has a dad bod. In unrelated news, the Nike workout app is now free. So for those of you who use that or or like to use that, I'm a user and I can say it's called Nike Training. It's a great app. You used to have to pay for it, but they made it free during this coronavirus thing, and now they've just made it free entirely. Bunch of workouts ranging from like 25 minutes to an hour on your arms, on your core, on everything. So they're guided trainings. And <laughs> if you don't want a dad bod, which is also a perfectly reasonable request, or you want oh, to be. T- oh, he's still talking? I'm done. That's, that's your PSA discount. <laughs> I, I could just. <laughs> you don't want that. You don't. Corbin. <laughs> Dad balls are all the rage, dude. You just gotta get with it. Get with the times, man. Well, yeah, I mean, I gotta. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. I will. I will. Love but it. I think everybody. I think I have a cool Batman book. I might give away towards the end of the show. For, for everybody that played the, how much is my mechanic bill gonna be? 
What what Batman book is it? Mind your business. Just mind your business. Uh, what if I want to guess? Did you guess last week? I was watching my grandmother last week. I think that's a so reason. Looks like you are fucking shit out of luck, <laughs> sir. You have no heart. So, anyways, uh, we had a question in the chat a little while ago. Did any of you, any of you guys watch Old Guard today? Anyways. Um, old guard. Anyways, yeah. how about that one thing that I'm just going <laughs> to talk about because I don't care what everybody else talks about. Thanks, disavowed. Have a good night, man. Um, but yeah, old guard. Netflix. The Charlize Theron movie. It's her movie. It's good she stuff. Wrote it? It's good stuff. Check it out. I'm going to watch it this weekend. It's violent. It's very violent. Oh fuck that! I don't like violence. It scares me. You gotta, Nightmares. Yep, yeah, Grizzle Geek. You got to be PG thirteen here. We got to watch those f bombs. No, that's no. But yeah, I liked it. Um, I definitely say check it out. It's a movie. It's not a show. Yeah, it's a movie. Two hour movie. Cool. And if you're not watching Doom Patrol right now, season two of Doom Patrol, season two of Doom Patrol is fantastic. Fucking What? I don't think our guest is showing up. Well, maybe not. You fucking bailed on us, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, Doom Patrol, season two. Good stuff. Uh, what else? You know what? He didn't want to compete with ghost stories with this guy. Is what no, was, dude, yeah. I, think he, I think he tuned in and he heard your rap and he's like, yo, I'm, I'm outie. I'm outie yeah, 5,000, bro. That dude, he's so badass. Dude, this I don't even want to come on. Nah. Nah, bro. He he's, tried it, though. He's so, he just, you know, he's like... This is whack, bro. He's like, I can't it, handle this. I, you guys, I know you guys get sunburned a lot because I glow so much. So I yeah. understand it was for him to come on. And Corbin, Corbin asked if he could wear shades to block out your shine. You know? I mean, I wanted to. Then I heard the rap and took those things right off. <laughs> From the flippers only got one arm. That was a fire line. Just got to. Reconstruct. We should reconstruct your rapping. We should all come together and, and make a rap beat. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> Why not? Bust a track. Me and Kyle go at it. Cypher style. You know? Yeah, it is. It is. We should do. It's 100%, it's 100% Grizzle right Geek's now, fault. Grizzle Geek says, it's because I forgot to hype the guest on my show. Sorry, guys. 100%. That's it. I mean, listen. I look, yeah. Not only that, but you didn't give enough respect to Batwoman. Listen, Mike, if you're going to bring it up, you and Doug got to give me some more rapport. Kirsten, too. Like, I need to hear some more. Y'all like, eh, Batwoman. Anyways, like, we're not going to talk about on this show. So I need to get it from y'all. Because already we're in agreement that that show's going to blow. I didn't get it. I got some disrespectful comments from my two comrades. All I know is, is they went Batwoman, and I don't know what happened, but it went me, ding, and you fucking jumped on. Dude, yeah, it's like, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's like Corbin has a Batman sense, dude. <laughs> The minute anyone mentions Batman, no, his ears no. perk up and he's he gets all warm and fuzzies in his stomach, and he's got a joke. Batman fans talking. I miss like his bat both. phone rings, and the commissioner calls him to tell him about the casual Batman fans. So Corbin's got to come get his phone. Yep, that's right. No, I got get home. Usually, I check out the Grizzle Geek, and then I get ready for our show. Last week, I missed both. So this week, I was getting on. I just happened to get on in time, and I heard, and I went score and i immediately it was like perfect it was like it was meant to be but i wasn't meant to listen to that conversation because that was a two-minute conversation to be. On, 
I mean, come on, you're the Grizzle Geek. Guys, gotta come for the facts. You gotta give me facts. Means gotta watch the show. We established tonight that facts. No, no, no more. They had to admit, and they, they had to do a retraction. Admit, they I had mean, to oh. do. Look, they had to do a retraction because they did. They broke the cardinal rule of pod geek podcasting. They listened to. We got this covered, and so they oh, had to retract. No. They had to retract. So they're no longer. <laughs> they're no longer coming for the facts because their oh, facts no, are wrong. No. Their facts are, yeah, they're subjective facts. That is, we got this. Yeah, wow. retractions. Retractions everywhere. Wow. Yeah, nope, nope. Retraction geek. Go for the retractions or go for the, I'm sorry, my mistakes. Come again. No, I'm kidding. But anyways, Batwoman. Why do you think Batwoman is going to succeed, Corbin? Oh, no, I don't. I, I, I was just defending up to this point. They're going off of not only, again, I can't judge the, the actress. I literally never heard of her before this. Um, in any way, shape, or form. So, you know, another shot, I guess. But, like, I heard her backstory is going to come from a criminal background. Like, like hold the fucking phone. We're going to have her a criminal? This is a fucking family show here. <laughs> I'm sorry. My mistake. Really? Why is she the criminal? Why does she have the, the criminal past? Now, I'm not trying to read too deep into that one. Because I don't know. But, like, are you serious? They're just trying to just cross all of their, okay, yep, she's, she's, LGBTQA plus is perfect. Oh, person of color, great. Oh, poor background. Like striving now, but she's a woman. Are you I, saying I, it's matches are just checking the boxes? I am totally assuming that because they're not going to make any story. So they're just like, I, I just no, I don't. I, I no longer have faith in it. I'll continue to watch because I'm a <laughs> glutton for punishment. <laughs> so Loki says, "Did you hear Gorbin miss last week because he was washing his grandmother?" <laughs> not cool, man. Uh, all right, so. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I want to welcome in rapper, actor, comedian, impressionist, freestyle rapper, music producer, and parapsychologist, John Pierre. Welcome to the program, John Pierre. How are you today? Welcome to hey, the show. All right. It was, Steam Yard wasn't loading up for me for some reason. I finally got in, so. Oh, that's all right. Not a problem. We just uh, talk a little uh, Batwoman while we were waiting for you. So. All right, sounds good. Show. Great show. No. <laughs> so, how are you? How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. It's a little hot here in California, but uh, I'm doing pretty good. Try <laughs> <laughs> being here in Arizona, <laughs> where it's 116 that. degrees I'm right now. High of 120. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be 120. My wife's from Arizona. I feel it. <laughs> So our uh, listeners may have recently seen you in a Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about working on on that film and kind of what it was like working with the likes of Matt Damon and uh, that crew? Did you get to keep a stopwatch? What was that? So did you get to keep the the stopwatch that Matt Damon stole? Nah, he kept it because he stole it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a great experience. Uh, I had not done, uh, serious acting for like, uh, I want to say like five years. I was focusing a little more on my music and stand up comedy and, uh, they just, I was found on LA casting by the casting directors. They like how I looked, uh, you know, I speak Italian, I look Italian. So they were like, Hey, you want to be part of this period piece? And I was like, sure. And it ended up getting boosted up to featured and doing a lot of stuff. Um, I did two weeks of shooting initially, and I did a big scene with John Bernthal where uh, he was in the Ferrari factory, and I was the final assembly line for the um, engine and had an interaction with him. And then uh, there was a couple weeks of break before they started filming the Lamaze stuff, the big race stuff. 
And I ended up, uh, the casting called me back and ended up doing a month and a half of shooting with them. And uh, we did a lot of stuff in relation to Matt Damon and Christian Bale and, uh, you know, what was happening during the race and all that kind of stuff. I was part of the main pit crew. Uh, so, yeah, that was kind of the uh, experience. It was pretty great. Uh, I got all my SAG vouchers, so I'm eligible to join the Screen Actors Guild now. Um, you know, I got to work with James Mangold, John Bernthal, Matt Damon, Christian Bale, all these big actors. And uh, it was an incredible experience for a young actor and, you know, just got me more energized to do acting more. I know you fangirled out. Christian, do it. Do the Batman voice. Say I'm Batman. I know you said it. And he's like, I'm Batman. He did it, right? He did it once. I, I wish. I wish. that uh, Experience-wise with these actors, like John Bernthal is very personable, friendly, uh, funny, you know, comfortable, just natural and normal with you. Matt Damon's the same. He creates a very fun vibe on set. Christian Bale is in character. You don't really see his personality. It's just him doing his thing. He was Ken Miles, and he was Ken Miles, and that was it. So he was – I felt like I didn't get to know him as a person at all. <laughs> That's kind of a bummer when people do that. When they, I mean, I guess you got to do that when you're like a method actor like that, and you got to like – you know what I mean? He's a phenomenal actor. I'll give him that. And he had just finished the movie Vice, so he lost a ton of weight for the movie. So when we all saw him, we were pretty shocked because, man, he was pretty thin when he got the set. No, he's one of those cool actors that, like, you don't see Christian Bale. You actually see the person that he's playing, which is cool. Exactly. Yeah, definitely true. And that was actually one of the very first movies that he used his natural British accent. Because most of the time he changes his accent for the characters he plays. And it was kind of cool. It was like, wow, this is really the first time you hear his actual voice, like his actual accent. That's pretty neat. I mean, it had to have been fun with the lights and the sets and, and being a part of something that is so iconic to history. I mean, you know, Ford trying to go in there and, and the creation of the Shelby, the car, I mean, that's like, like how cool you get to go down in history as somebody that got to help represent such an, an awesome part of history. Did you? Yeah, no, definitely 100%. And personally, I'm a big history buff. So that just adds to my excitement for the project. And it was really funny because as an actor, you get on certain sets and you feel the energy of the set. And first day on that set, all of us felt it. We were like, this is going to be something huge. You just, you could tell by the dedication James Mangold had and just everything they put into the movie, you felt like it was going to be something special. And by the time we saw the movie, we were like, yeah, we were definitely part of something special. So, cool. so you did a, so you're a history about that means you did, a, did you already know about the history or did you like do extra research and, you know, to help, to help get that vibe into you so that you could, you know what I mean? So that you could get that. Cause you know, being in a pit crew doing that in that time period where, I mean, like that's, that's like the adrenaline of adrenaline. Like, you know, like, I mean, did you, did you actually get that adrenaline when you were being part of that? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, being a history buff, I definitely did some research. Um, you know, I, I do have an Italian background, so I definitely fit in, obviously, with being part of the Ferrari crew. I speak fluent Italian. So all the all my actual life skills and, you know, things that I learned helped because I know how to work on cars, too. So understanding that was easier to work or pretend to work on cars when I had to on set, whatever. Um, but I also, yeah, did some historical research to try and be accurate to, like, you know, how these, you know, Ferrari factory workers and pit crews would act, you know, during this stuff. And the cool thing about being on a live set where they're actually racing the cars and the stunt drivers are driving, you don't have to pretend that much. Cause I mean, I think the first day of shooting, 
they did a lot of like like before the race started so it was kind of boring we all kind of got a little because it was like 16 hour days almost every day on set and we were getting a little get bored getting anxious and then the end of the first day we actually shot a couple of scenes of the cars taking off and you know we were the pit crew so we're like right next to these cars and oh, they started taking off and yeah yeah all of our energy just amped we left that day like that was sick like you know, in real life, we wouldn't be able to go like a NASCAR race or anywhere and be in the pit while the cars are taking off. But we were able to have that experience on set. And it's like, dude, that's why I love acting. You get to do so many things that in a normal life, you probably wouldn't be able to do. So, Damn, that would be so much fun. They didn't, they didn't, they filmed that here in the States, right? Like they, it was in Hollywood they filmed it or did you guys have to? Yeah, they well, I mean, uh, they built the Lamaz set for the actual race uh, at old airport strip out in uh, Agua Dolce. It's called. It's uh, it's part of Los Angeles, is uh, but it's far out there in the boonies, like in the middle of nowhere. Even from LA, it's like an hour and a half drive. So, <laughs> um, so it's out there. But yeah, it was all filmed in the states, as far as I know. They did um, film some stuff, a lot of stuff in Georgia too. They had uh, some of the race stuff they did out in Georgia. Uh, but most of it was filmed here in the States. Yeah. That's awesome. I gotta, I gotta switch gears here because it's, so you go hunt and you, you dabble in the paranormal. This is something of a big interest of mine. I've got to know what got you into all that. Oh yeah, definitely. I'll try to do a kind of an abridged version, so I don't take up too much time. But uh, you can take yeah, um, my first. You want? <laughs> I was here for it for sure. Like, hey, sounds good. Fine, that's cool. I just like to, you know, make sure we we get all the stuff and we need to get in. But uh, yeah, my first experience when I was when I was two years old, I stayed at my grandmother's house, which was a very common thing. So you know, it's not like mm -hmm. it was unusual for that to happen. Uh, but this particular time something unusual did happen. So my grandfather passed away when I was three months old uh, on my mom's side. I don't really remember him or anything, but I, re I recognized him from pictures. And I was sleeping in his old room in my grandma's house. And I woke up in the wee morning hours and he was sitting in front of my bed trying to talk to me. And he was kind of like, kind of white, glowing, transparent. But like, I recognized him as he appeared to me how he looked in the photos I've seen of him. Um, so I was just kind of sitting there and I just started freaking out. I didn't know what was happening. So, you know, I kind of started to cry and this was like, what's going on? And he, he was in a wheelchair because that's how I remembered him from the pictures. And he wheeled out into the dining room and disappeared through the wall. As scared as I was, I actually followed him and watched him disappear through the wall because it was on the way to my grandmother's room. So I ran to her room, was crying, told her what happened. I said, I saw grandpa, no, um, no, no in Italian. Um, and she said, oh, it's just a bad dream, you know, don't worry about it, whatever. And my mom built that story more saying like, it's just a bad dream. You're just imagining things, whatever. So I got really quiet because after that initial time, I started seeing stuff all over the place. Like I had experiences when I went out places, when I'd be wherever, but I stayed quiet because I figured if my family doesn't believe me, who else is going to believe me? People are going to think, um, crazy. you see ghosts? I mean, that I, I, and, and you're a kid, so you're still learning, and you look to adults for, for that affirmation, and the adults weren't giving me the affirmation, so I was just like, I'm just going to stay quiet, because I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, when I was about eight years later, about 10 years old, my family sat me down, 
my mom, my grandma, and they said, uh, look, we didn't want to scare you. You were very little, but we're actually sensitive to this stuff. Uh, my grandma, before she came here from Italy, she experienced tons of stuff out there and even still out here in the U.S. My mom was born here and experienced a lot of stuff. So uh, come to find out, like my family's sensitive and all of us have experienced this kind of stuff. Um, so that's when it really, really like got me interested in the paranormal. I was like, well, how come it seems like some people experience it and others don't? Like what, what's, the, what's the theory behind that? And um, I had my parents buy me books. There weren't a lot of shows back in the 90s when I really started getting into it, but like X-Files, uh, there was a show called Sightings on Fox where they talk about like UFOs and ghosts and kinds of stuff. And Unsolved Mysteries would do episodes on Supernatural. Um, so that's where I mostly got my content and reading books. Um, so I just got super into it, super invested. Uh, one of the jokes I have, uh, because I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan, um, and my mom went to see the original movie right before I was born. Uh, my birthday was literally Tuesday. So um, my my mom saw it right before I was born. I'm, I'm as old as the movie is. <laughs> um, so I joked that from the womb, I was a Ghostbusters fan. Like I heard Ray Parker Jr.'s song and like, that was it. Uh, but, but I also grew up loving all the comedians that were in the movie and watching them. So I think that's another connection, but my dream, honestly, as a kid was, I, I always heard Bill Murray say, I have my PhD in uh, psychology and parapsychology. And mm -hmm. I started doing research later on and found out there are actually degrees in parapsychology. And in 2009, I earned my PhD in parapsychology. So um, I actually run a nonprofit now. Um, for my undergraduate stuff, I went to Cerritos College here in California, as well as Cal State Fullerton. And then I finished my doctorate at uh, Progressive Universal Life Church. Mm -hmm. They have since changed their name, no longer offer the program they used to offer. Um, I originally actually, USC used to offer a program, and I wanted to go to USC to get my uh, degree in parapsychology. But by the time I graduated high school, the program was gone. So yeah, now there's less than a handful of colleges that actually offer that program. I know Penn State still does, and there's like two more, I think, around, I think they're more on the East Coast that actually offer the programs. So, so, you, so, you uh, so yeah, that, that's yes, awesome. I have a nonprofit. Yeah, what's that about? Uh, so, uh, yeah, me and my best friend met in high school, and we were both interested in the paranormal. When I started talking about it, he was like, oh, I actually love that stuff, but I've never done it. And I was like, well, why don't we try and find like haunted places and go check them out? And we had one of our English teachers help us write letters to like haunted locations out here and try to get in there and check it out. We had friends and family who owned like shops inside of haunted places. So they gave us access at night to go into these haunted places and check it out. Um, we had a few mentors in the field, too, who taught us how to investigate the equipment they use, the, you know, the science, scientific methods they use to test it. Um, so we just kind of built that way. And eventually in 2000, uh, we started our 501c3 nonprofit. We didn't get nonprofit status until 2013 because you have to really prove yourself in order to get that status. So we just did years of work and study and helping people. And by the time I presented them with everything I had done, uh, you know, we, we got approved for our 501c3 called the Southern California Paranormal Detectives. And basically, you know, clients contact us if they're dealing with anything paranormal, not ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, whatever it is. Uh, and we go out and investigate it or, you know, try and help them whatever way they need help with. So, What's the craziest thing that's happened while you were doing that? Good question. 
Um, there's a few, but the craziest, I think that sticks out for me personally, cause it actually happened to me and I really don't have intense things happen to me that often. We did a case out here in Bellflower, California. Um, it's not too far from where I'm at. I'm in LA right now. Um, it's part of LA County. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just not in downtown area. So we investigated this. We had a lot of weird stuff happen on this case, but the craziest happened at the end of the night, about 5 a.m. We were breaking down all our cameras and audio equipment, all our gear. We have like thousands of dollars worth of equipment we use to investigate this stuff. And uh, the client's sister came in very late and she just gave off this weird vibe. I was breaking down a camera on the staircase and all of a sudden I felt like something huge was like charging at me. So I kind of braced myself because I thought something, you know, was coming at me. And this is a small Latinx girl who, like, very small and petite. But I just got this weird vibe. And I talked to one of my team members that was next to me. I think she's the source of this problem. I think she's why the activity is happening. And we continued breaking down our equipment. And this girl's eyes did not come off of me. I was going around walls, you know, just going around the house, breaking up our equipment. And I'm like, I don't know what her problem is. She won't like take her eyes off of me. And I'm just, I got kind of weirded out by it, but I'm a professional. I just kept breaking down, putting stuff away. I was on like one of my last pieces of equipment. I had one of my equipment bags right next to her where she was sitting on the couch. So I grabbed my piece of equipment, go over near her, even though again, I was uncomfortable because she kept like just staring at me. I put my piece of equipment away. I caught eyes with her for like maybe five, 10 seconds. It was very short. All of a sudden my chest got super tight. My eyes started watering and I couldn't breathe. It was the first time I actually ran out of a property. Like I couldn't, I, I felt for my own safety at that moment. Like I was just like, I need to get out of here. I don't know what's happening. I've never had this happen to me. I'm, and my wife's part of my team too. So she chased me out and checked on me. And as soon as I got out of the threshold of the door, I could breathe. My air came back, but I was still just kind of like shaking up because I couldn't breathe for a little bit. Um, so fast forward to the next morning, I woke up, I had a circular burn mark on my chest and it would, it was there for about a week and it finally went away, but it was, it looked like a burn mark just right in the center of my chest where I felt that tightness. And I've never had stuff like that happen to me. It's rare. I've had spiritual people tell me I have some authority on the other side. So stuff doesn't usually mess with me. But uh, in that case, I had one of the most extreme things happen and it was, it was definitely intense and I was worried about my safety because I couldn't breathe. So, and I didn't have any conditions that I could think of at the time that would cause that. So did you make a return visit or was that it? You were like, that's all folks. Like I'm out. Um, well, in most cases, it all depends on the client and what they want from us. Most of the time they just want validation of what they're experiencing. Uh, we were able to come to the conclusion that girl who wouldn't take her eyes off me. We found out from the client, she actually was involved in witchcraft and did some weird stuff. And we don't know exactly what she was into. Uh, but it sounded like once they got the sister, the activity, like, calm down. So that kind of worked itself out. But most of the time, uh, when we don't have that, most of the time you don't have extreme stuff like that happen. And most clients just want validation that they're not crazy. And someone like me can come in, you know, use our equipment, use our knowledge and experience and tell them, hey, this is what we think it is or nothing. You know, it's like your, your pipes are just shaking in the walls. It's not a ghost. Uh, you have bad piping or something. You know, it, it all depends what it is and what it ends up being. But uh, most of the time, people just want validation. Sometimes they go to their own religion and have a priest bless the house. Uh, my wife is indigenous. So she might use sage to clean, cleanse the house. So there's lots of different methods we can go about cleansing it or helping people out depending on what they want. So I haven't been somewhere where I've lived where I haven't seen ghosts. There's the house I live in now. There's a ghost. It, it's 
it stands in my master bedroom in my bathroom and it looks into the mirror at us and I can see its reflection in the mirror as it watches us while we lay in bed. And then it comes out and then it walks up and down the hallway all night. Mm. And then it likes to take things from our, it likes to take things from our hall closet and put them on our bed. Like soap and mm. towels and items. It's just telling you to take a shower, bro. <laughs> I do take a shower. So I set a digital recorder in there in the bathroom to see what I could catch. Yeah, that'd be a great idea. And then what would my question be about the one that, that you said moves around, you can see, uh, does it do the same movements all the time when it walks around and when you see it? No. Or does it do different? Sometimes it'll walk up okay. and down. Sometimes it'll come in the front door. Like you'll be sitting there in the room and it sounds like the door opens and slams. Interesting. Yeah, that sounds definitely like an intelligent spirit. Not like, because sometimes you have spirits that are residual spirits that they're not like it's almost like it's a recorded tape. They just repeat the same motion every time at the same time. You have others that do different things to interact. And that usually means it's something more conscious of its surroundings. I think this one's very conscious because it like, it likes to do stuff. We had a, I had a ghost at my parents' house and my buddy Chuck is in, in the, um, in the chat right now. And he lived with me growing up. We had an evil, evil spirit that lived in my parents' house. Evil. So when you would take a shower like normal, do your thing, and you would sit there, and as you're in the shower, everything would get knocked off. They'd knock off the the, the shampoo, the conditioner. They would knock off the the you know the the, and then the, when you get done, you would open up the thing, and they would start scratching you. You'd have all these scratches on your face and on your chest, and every day you get scratched every day, and it did it forever. Yeah, I've only I've only dealt with scratches in two of my cases, and the exact same thing happened in both cases. Uh, obviously, scratch? different people in different locations, but um, okay. So uh, basically, what happened in the two scenarios that I saw clients get scratched? They were standing right in front of me. They didn't touched the area that the scratches appeared at or anything but both did not notice until the skin was actually broken and they felt the sting of the air on the open wound before that they didn't react like somebody was scratching them or anything like that it just the scratches appeared they were there broke the skin and all of a sudden it started to sting and they're like where to have scratches you know and one was on one was on a guy's back the other one was on a guy's arm and those are the two times i encountered scratching uh, like, and it, the exact same thing happened and you could watch it. You could watch it just go as you were like, you know, like drying off or like you were standing in the mirror, like, you know, putting on deodorant stuff. You could watch it scratch your chest. Oh, wow. It was, that's, it, yeah, that's pretty intense. Yeah. And there was, an, and then there was two other ones that lived in my parents' house. There was a, a short, fat guy and a tall, bald guy. And they hung it. They would just sit on the couch. And they would just turn and look at you and just go back to watching, you know, looking forward. And they would turn and look at you again like they wanted to say something, but they were embarrassed. I don't know if they were embarrassed. I don't know if they were um, like, or they just, maybe it was like one of the ones where they were just in the loop. They didn't actually realize that they were ghosts. You know? Yeah, true. They, sometimes one of the theories with spirit. That... No, go ahead. Yeah, that they're um, when they usually die quickly and suddenly, they uh, they may not have like 
the process to go through to get to wherever the next life is. Uh, so like one of the accounts that's recorded and documented very well is people who die naturally in like a hospital, places like that. They almost have the exact same accounts or families that are around them. They say that their family members say they see all their deceased relatives in the room with them, like guiding them and helping them move on to the next life. And they say when people die tragically and quickly without having that process, that they're afraid to kind of quote unquote go to the light and they don't know what's happening and they don't know that they passed because nobody helped them kind of move on to that, whatever that life is. And they kind of just go back to their normal routine. They'd rather stay in their home and places that make them feel comfortable than to go towards something they don't know. I remember one. I, I remember one time I was standing at, at my parents. I was and I was looking out the front window, and I seen this guy, and he had a um, a carpet rolled up, and I saw two little feet sticking out of it. And he was holding it like this, and he was walking across the street. And he walked up into the neighbor's driveway, and we called the cops. And the there there was so many cops there roaming around. But after it got to the driveway, gone, nothing. And I was like, "Oh wow, fuck, I wonder what what prompted that? Like, I wonder if that you know if those are the kind of things is something that that happened there. Do you think some you know?" Is it is it random where they were in your experience where ghosts show up? Do they you know what I mean? Is it kind of like they they just get shot down somewhere and they're there, or are they usually like you said like some of them are stuck in the hospital? Do you think some of these are stuck in the yeah. loop of exactly where they did it? Like that's what this dude does. Like he did something at some time and now he just keeps walking across the street with this this rolled well, up. Some of the third. I, we have the random ones that just walk or show up in an area at certain times. Um, it's almost like, so like minerals, I know quartz is considered that, uh, different types of stones and minerals, um, are actually natural, like, um, almost like recording tape and, but it's, they imprint with energy. So like if it's walking past a, the same area all the time, it's almost like it's imprinted on the land or on the, the natural, you know, structures that are there on earth. And that's kind of like a, ta a, a tape loop and it just keeps playing over and over again where that intense tragedy happened or a big event happened. That's one of them. There's another theory that the dimensions between the spirit world and our world are very thin. And sometimes things cross over in our dimension and back into theirs. So like, like it's like, like almost a little, that, that's Yeah, exactly. Like, or something? Yeah, there's like a veil and they're able to get through that veil for a minute and then kind of go back and they kind of pop into our dimension or, or you know, plane and then they pop back into theirs. That'd be kind of fun. So those are some hey, of the theories. Hey, Fred, look, it's open today. Let's go fuck with the living. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Kind of you know what I mean? I mean, now, have you ever been on a case like here's an experience that I encountered? So I lived in these duplexes. They were like townhouses connected. You know, there was like four of them. And yeah. we, we had a we had a spirit. And what he would do is he would he would walk down the hallway. And he would come to the edge of the bed. And I've told this story on the podcast before. And he would go shut the fucking lights off. And he would keep and he just walked up and down the hallway all night and did that. And then it went quiet. And then you didn't see him again for a while. And then he came back. Upon realizing what has going on was when he was quiet, he actually went next door. 
and he would do it at the house next door. And he would walk up and down their hallway. And then they would go quiet and he would go to the net. Like we got to know our neighbors because of this spirit, because, Hey, was it, you know, we, we were outside barbecuing and talking one time and I was like, the craziest fucking thing happened. And I said it. And the other neighbors were like, are you fucking around? And I was like, can you make something like that up? No. He's like, that Mm. happened last night. And this is how we got to know our neighbors because there would be some kind of experience would happen in our apartment and then it would go away. And then our neighbor would come over and he'd be like, guess what happened? I'd be like, you saw the little, the little black girl with the braids. And they'd be like, yes. There was like four different ghosts that would rotate through these apartments. Wow. That's interesting. Isn't that insane? I've never yeah, heard yeah. And all the ghost shows and all the things I've never heard where they go from like, and the only reason that I didn't think that they were bullshitting with me is because they would tell me things that it did at my house that I hadn't talked to them about it. Yeah. So like they kind of done, did the same things and, but they would just switch apartments. And I was like, what in your experience and in your training, have you ever seen something like that before? And what would cause them? Like, does that, I mean, they like these, these, these new, these entities, they know exactly what they're doing. Is that, is that what has come about? Like they have, they have mastered this technique and now they can know they can just like do whatever they want. Or have you never heard of something like this before? Um, not necessarily. Yeah. I don't think I've heard exactly that. Uh, the, one of the first cases I ever had was this, uh, it was every Thursday, um, like once a month, this little girl would appear in the hallway in this house and the people didn't know why it was happening. And eventually we found out that's when the little girl was killed in that house. And that's why on every, every month on Thursday night, um, she would appear. Oh, and she's so that was like, the- yeah, but it was just reappearing as a like a loop, like a tape loop. She couldn't interact with us, but she would just appear there. Um, so I, yeah, but I haven't heard necessarily that one. But I know that based on my studying, that if they are intelligent haunts and they're in, they're able, they don't have limitations really if they're intelligent spirits. So they can pick up routines and patterns and kind of like do a little more interactive than you know a lot of other spirits could. If they're familiar with the area, if they want to do that, so <laughs> in like you know, like that that little baby, she was probably like f- maybe five, maybe four, but we used to hear her talking to our daughter in the other room, and this is how we figured out what she was doing was we could hear it through the baby monitor. Mm. She taught our daughter to climb out of the crib. Wow. We heard her like talking about it. And all of a sudden she could start. Yeah. Just like my, my wife's in the chat right now. And she's like, that little girl was so not a loop. She would talk to our daughter when she was a baby and you could hear her in the monitor. Like we would listen to her talk to our daughter and she would be sitting in the crib with her. Like she yeah, found that's a crib. Yeah, no, that's not uncommon. They actually, one of the big studies they've done, and they do a lot more of this in Europe because they're a little more open to the supernatural out there than Americans are. Um, 
And they've done a lot of studies of imaginary friends and they found out that they're not so imaginary because these kids have vivid descriptions of their imaginary friends that are just, these kids wouldn't have known the, you know, like Victorian style clothing. There's no way they would know that kind of detail. And they did a lot of studies that a lot of imaginary friends aren't so imaginary and children are more open to experiencing the paranormal because they're, what do they say? Their minds are like sponges. Mm-hmm. But when you're young, that sponge isn't soaked up yet. You're you're soaking in things as a child. When you're an adult, I think it's harder to experience the paranormal because your mind gets so cluttered with bills and work and, and family and all these responsibilities and obligations. But as a child, you don't have all those things. So, so you're much more open to experiencing that stuff. And the spirits know this too. So if you're super in tune as an adult, what do you think is happening there then? Because, you know, like you said... You've got your job, you've got bills, you've got life, you've got your car payment, you've got your house payment. So if you're still super in tune to this, like what, is it just because they know that you can be? So they like to keep you, like, they like to keep you, like, in the loop, so to speak? Or what do you think? For me, studying a lot of psychology, it's a a lot of your mindset. So a lot of people claim to be open-minded, They'll be like, I'll try any food. I'm open-minded. But an open mouth is not an open mind. So I think there's just a lot of confusion of what open-minded actually means. Um, in order to be open, you really have to literally question everything. Because if you let society, religion, education, if you let too many things actually control your perspective, you kind of you, you have blinders on at that point, And you don't leave yourself open to experience life. And in life, you can experience that would be death. So... Um, I think it's it's more of that. It's having a different mentality. When you think outside the box, you tend to use parts of your brain that most people probably don't use to just work and, and live a normal life and just try to survive. When you open yourself up more and you truly have an open mind and say, okay, I question the constraints that are being put on me in the way I think. And when you do that, it's like you open up a door in your own mind to let other things in that don't normally sit there for most people. Like did eventually like like me, spirits and seeing ghosts and stuff that stopped scaring me. Yeah. Like now I go and are you like that now too? Like I go, oh, now that's okay. That just happened, you know. And, and I kind of just and I don't really talk about it anymore. And I just kind of go about my day because it's really not a big deal to me anymore because it doesn't. It doesn't scare me anymore. Like the eviler stuff that I that have that still scares me. But like the random yeah. ghosts and stuff, like you know, like my wife will say, "Hey, the 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 ghost put the soap on the bed." Okay, the ghost put the soap on the bed. Yeah. Just either put it in the shower or put it back. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, and I think. I think with that mindset, uh, it's, it's a lot of how people, again, it goes back to how people view things. Uh, if it's unknown to most people and they don't experience it all the time, fear sets in very quickly with things that are unknown, especially to human beings. But as it sounds like in the case of you and same with me, I've dealt with it so much, the little things don't really bother me. It, most of the time, it's exciting when things are quiet and something actually happens because you sit for hours in the dark trying to coax this stuff to come out. And it, sometimes it doesn't want to. And then when something happens, I get more excited more than not. Like, oh, something flew across the room. That was amazing, you know. Um, Or something moved or we we saw an apparition or something. That's great. But for normal everyday people most of the time, if I tell them a story, they get freaked out. 
just and they're like, I don't know how you do that. I can never do that. Um, and that's I think that's just the difference with having so much experience with it. You learn, wait, this isn't threatening me. It's not hurting me by putting soap on the bed. So you stop worrying about it as a problem. You know, it's only a problem like you put with the negative stuff. Like my kids have even got used to it. Like my my son says it it stands in the corner of his room. And he's like, well, it's just there. He doesn't do anything. Yeah. He just stands there. It kind of freaks them out. It kind of freaks everybody out when they you hear the door open and shut. And you know every, nobody yeah. left. Because like, then you have to get up and you've got to walk out and you've got to check the door. And you've got to look outside now yeah. because you heard the door open and shut. And it's not, like in my house, it's not like this light, this light shutting of the door where you just hear click like it's yeah. open and slams like it is done with intent hey motherfucker yeah. don't forget about me yeah yeah definitely and i mean uh again i would ask with that is that that doesn't happen at the same time all the time right it's like at different times or how does how does that one in particular it's happen it's just at different times day night okay everything it's like like it's not just stuff that happens it, like you know what i mean like you know like ghost hunters and all these you know like a lot of people like i'm sure you do too you do it at night you do it yeah. in the you know you do it during the witching hour and you do it when when it's supposedly the the spirits are more prone to be able to be here but like you know like the stuff that happens with to me and my wife it, it can be nine o'clock in the morning noon like it just you know, and like for my wife, that goes, it doesn't happen to me, but it happens to her. It stands at the foot of our bed to this day. Yeah. And if like the first day we were here, it had to have been like the first night we were actually living in our house. Uh, I, I was gone. And like during the day, it was during the day. And she was, you know, and she works nights, I work days. And, uh, she woke up because it was standing there staring at her at the foot of our bed. Oh. It doesn't actually do anything. Like it's just, it's just kind of there. You know, like we've learned that we shut the bathroom door. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't open the door. So we just, and we just, we just naturally now we just keep the door shut because we know if we keep it open, it's just going to stand there and stare at us. Just like when I was trying to do EVPs of it. Instead of it yeah. Instead of it, talking all it did was it did this it just kept smacking the recorder and i was like at least wow. say something why would you just sit there and smack the fucking like, <laughs> it was smacking it like because i had put it in our closet since it since it stands in our closet it stares into the mirror and it stares back at us i figured i would put it into the closet so that at least if you know I could try to get it to say, you know, this is my house, motherfucker, something. Hey, you bought this comic and then I'm connected to something, anything. Yeah. Like, it would be nice to know yeah. why this is here. Like, and you know, like I had, like, a, we have a, like, I have a mutual friend, she, you know, like I've grown up with her and stuff. And she came and like, I had like, I bought like this, uh, I bought like this, my wife got me this kit and it had like a, you know, a recorder to do EVPs. And then it had like, it had this meter test electromagnetic, you know, if it was 
more or less. And, you know, I brought someone yeah. over and I was like, you know, a, a, a family friend of ours. And, and, you know, she came in and she like, she did the ghost hunting thing. And she was like, Oh, you know, uh, why are you here? And did all this stuff. And it just didn't give a shit about her. Didn't give a shit. And it's kind of a bummer, but I mean, it would be cool to know, Hey, why are you here? I mean, are there any techniques that you recommend that would be like something that we could try to be like, like I've said, you know, like they say, Hey, just tell them you don't want to be here and ghosts will leave. That's a bunch of bullshit. That doesn't work. So to all the ghost shows, and, and what do you think to that? Like, it doesn't work for me. Has it worked for you? Um, um, it all depends. I, now, most people recommend you don't investigate your own house. They just say, most people think it's taboo and it doesn't, like, it can it create worse uh, activity in your home if you investigate your own house. So sometimes they say it's better to have uh, like an outside person come in and that may change uh, the way it interacts because it's probably familiar with you and used to you now. So that might be why it's not responding or reacting to you in the way you'd like it to, because it's so familiar with you. It's like, whatever, um, that could be a possibility. Um, I've had a few things when I first started doing this, follow me home. And when it followed me and it appeared, my animals freaked out. Uh, my, my animals freaked out. That's how I knew something was there. Um, like one of them whispered in my, my name and my dogs freaked out and ran away. And I knew something was there, but I kind of brushed it off. And then when I went to bed, it appeared in front of my bed. And all I did was say, I didn't mean to disturb you because we had went to a location, a famous haunted location and whatever followed me home for some reason. Only me. I called everyone that was with me. Nobody else had it happen. Just me. And hey, I, said, I didn't know. I guess. Yeah, I, I attract mm -hmm. them, I guess. Like, I, I have a type. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so all I said was. Didn't mean to disturb you. Didn't mean to bother you. Um, you know, rest in peace. And I kind of just said something simple. And he literally just vanished. And that was it. It was over. So it, it depends on, uh, I think, how you approach it, too. You know what I mean? Intent has a lot to do with how things react to you. Um, the way we do it with my team, no matter what, if it's us or going out to people's places, we try to humanize the experience. We talk to it like it's a person. Mm -hmm. You know, we say things like we don't mean to disturb you or bother you. Uh, we're just here trying to help these people. We're trying to find out what's going on. We set a very normal tone. We don't we don't pretend it's something supernatural. We just say, well, maybe if we humanize it and make it more down to earth that it may get a better response. So trying that sometimes. Asking them to leave. Yeah. Then asking them to leave. So we have uh, done cleansings, but I've never like just said, oh, leave. We've helped spirits cross over who were scared to go towards the light or whatever it was. And they've left and been gone. Uh, we've, my wife is a Native American indigenous and she'll use sage to, you know, put a barrier around the property so it, we keep it out. Uh, but we've never just been like, oh, leave. You know, we have more, um, more complex ways of do going about it. So, like, I tried, like, with a lot of, like, ghost hunters and those shows to, hello, I'm sorry, but you guys, I'm sorry, you know, I appreciate that you're here, but you're kind of scaring my children, and and if there is somewhere else you can go, can you please move along, you know, and I didn't say move along, but, like, in a sense, that's what I said, and it was like, I don't give a fuck. It just kicks yeah. it. Yeah. 
With, and, and with that, it's, uh, it's, it's tough because um, sometimes these spirits are attached to things uh, or attached to places. And just telling them to leave is it won't come out in a good result. It can. I've heard it be successful for people to just talk to it like it's normal and it'll go. But that doesn't happen. There's times we try to make spirits cross over that we're stuck at places. And we thought we could actually feel the energy leave. And we're mm-hmm. like, oh, I think it left. And all of a sudden, we start hearing a noise in the room that we were just in. And it's like, oh, wait, it came back. It didn't listen to us. It didn't go all the way. It didn't leave or it didn't go towards the light or whatever. So um, it's a complex issue because we don't understand the other side. We have the advantage of the physical and they have the advantage of the not physical. So it's kind of like you passed on. Then you would have the the the. You kind of have both sides of the coin then because now you're like, okay, I remember this 70 years of physical, but now I'm here. But so are you saying that maybe they like they lose touch with that physical aspect that they had and those memories that they had and they just don't remember being like physical anymore? Yeah, I would say I would say probably that I think what I've always said about this stuff is it's, uh, there's consciousness to these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you know, humans have flaws and they forget things and they get scared and they don't do stuff. And I think spirits, particularly ones stuck here, um, have a lot of those problems. Otherwise, I think it'd be easier for them to move on rather than stay stick around. Because yeah, there are some that hated being up, hated being alive. So <laughs> I don't know why they'd want to stay, and and some of them want to leave and can't. So you you have lots of different scenarios that we've encountered. Because my brother is a medium, and he usually communicates directly with the spirits. And you oh, find that I wish your brother would have come on with us. You guys will have to come back. Yeah. You'll have to come back with your brother. How awesome would that be? Maybe. Uh, unfortunately, we had a big falling out recently, so uh, that happened. But but I I don't I don't hold any resentment, so I don't mind giving you his info and seeing if he wants to maybe talk with you. He's just has it out for me right now, and we're just not on good terms. So I, get I feel you. I so feel you. I got a question, and it might be a it, it's a serious question. It might it might come off as stupid to you, but it's something I've always wondered about. If a person has a defect in life, like say deaf, they're hearing loss or they mute, whatever, do they carry that over into the the spirit world? So when they when they pass um, on and they're a ghost, will they still have that same defect? So maybe like Kyle's thing is they're they can't talk or they're mute or they have to find a different way to communicate. Um, uh, as far as I've heard. Uh, again, th- there's no physical limitations from what I know when you're on that spiritual side. And from what I from what I understand, and I, I don't know if it's 100% correct, but those things shouldn't um, be a detriment to you or affect you once you've left the physical world. Because that's strictly a biological, like, physical thing that you can test. And it usually wouldn't have an effect on your actual spirit or consciousness. So it shouldn't. I mean, it those... Um, what you learned because of the that particular defect, you may be able to communicate that way if if you need to on the other side. But I don't think it'll hinder you from communicating in other forms if you've uh, passed on. Because that seems to be a, a physical defect. That's not necessarily part of your soul or consciousness. That's actually biological. I just hope when I die, I'm not fat. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I, I hope my my 
My spirit is skinny. Then I don't have to go on a diet. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think you'd have to in the spirit world anyway. I don't think it matters at that point. <laughs> it seems like you could probably appear in any form once you're not physical anymore. Because there, there are people who have died when they were much older and they appear as children as spirits. So, I mean, I've encountered lots of different things that um, that don't relate to when the person actually passed away. So. Now I know you you said you you kind of gave us your, the coolest like thing that's happened to you. What's the coolest place you've gone to investigate? Like have you gone to investigate like the site of like the the Sharon Tate murder or the Manson murders or in, in California the- or, or anything like that? Winchester mansion. Oh, I've been, I've been to, to the Winchester a couple of times just to check out. I mean, we didn't get to fully investigate, but I've been there and I took like the extended tour so I could like check out the more haunted places in the in the Winchester house. Uh, so I've been there a few times. Uh, coolest places, definitely we did Spawn Ranch. I was on an episode of Haunted History on the History Channel. And we investigated Spawn Ranch where Charles Manson actually stayed and killed, um, oh God, uh, what's his name? Uh, Shorty Shea uh, on the property. So uh, we, we actually got our evidence on the TV show as well. Because one of our meters, when we we're asking questions to Shorty Shea, it responded to our question. Um, so yeah, that was one of the cool, cooler places we've been to. Um, we, we did a web series for a couple of years and we actually went to the first two sites that the Zodiac killer killed his victims. And the first site we went through, we caught a, an a anomalous light behind my brother on camera and there was oh, no cars going by. It's in the middle of the country where there's nothing at. And we couldn't explain. Have we ever caught an orb? Is that what you said? No, no. Is that what it was? Was it like an orb? No, it was an actual like light. But it was caught with our um, full-spectrum camera. Full-spectrum camera is a modified camera that actually allows the lens to take in every kind of light, even light not visible by the human eye. So we had our camera, and we were interviewing my brother about what he was feeling on the, on the site. And behind him, a light actually reflected off of uh, the, uh, the gate behind him. But nobody saw it with their own eyes. We saw it on the camera. And we know we were all standing right there. So that was really strange. We looked for cars. We looked for any source of light. There was none. So that was one of the coolest things to happen because we only caught it on camera and nobody actually saw it. Have you actually so. seen an orb? Um, I've seen balls of light actually yeah, follow us. When we were one, I have been followed by a ball of light. I was going to get to that. Dude, we need to go ghost hunting together. That's the end of it, man. I need to be part Definitely. of this group. Yeah, no, like my, he wasn't my brother-in-law at the time, but he was my buddy, and I we used to party in his backyard. So if you if you were seeing if there was anything going on, you just you just there was this little path between houses that you'd walk to to get into the backyard so that you could see if they were there. And I went back there, and there was this like orb, like this ball of light, and it was just hovering. And I was like, "Holy shit!" That's the and like it was crazy though because it didn't like produce light everywhere. It produced light going just straight down to the ground. So just it was like five feet off the ground, and so it didn't like light up the backyard, but it lit up like below it, and then it it kind of was like this, and it kind of just like floated away, and then it just it, it went out of his backyard and it took a right and it just went down the street, like. There was like a convenience store, like four houses down, and my my wife lived four houses down at the time. She came out, 
the people at the convenience store came out and this ball of light is just floating down the street. Wow, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, uh, my experience was at uh, another famous location we've been to lots of times uh, called the Suicide Bridge in Pasadena, California. During the Great Depression, lots of people committed suicide off that bridge and even past that, it's a, even recent years, a few suicides have taken place. Uh, we actually had a Japanese magazine come out from Japan. They were called Bubbist. And they were doing a story on the paranormal, so they came with us. And there was a pinpoint of light. It was about a quarter size. And we're walking around, and, and the people who were with us who were doing the story, saw, we all saw this. On the trail we were walking under the bridge, this quarter-sized ball of light was just following, trailing behind us. And eventually it just kind of came closer and vanished. But it was very pronounced. Everybody saw it. They were freaking out. You know, They were from Japan. They didn't know what was going to happen. And they, you know, it was, they were all females, too. And they were like, oh, freaking out. And like, we're trying to calm them down as much as we can. They spoke a little English. Um, but yeah, that was really interesting. And uh, we've caught a few orbs on camera and on pictures, but we're very weary of those because it's not been proven that it's actually ghosts. Mm -hmm. But they do appear strange sometimes. So we dismiss 90% of them, but 10% of them, you can't explain. They look like a nucleus. They have very specific mm -hmm. structure to them. And that's when we say this could be something. So. so every time, so speaking to those, that same apartment complex where I was telling you that the, the spirits would go from room to room, from, from apartment to apartment, I would stand in the courtyard and every picture of me had those around it. And now when I take pictures, I don't, they're not around me, but the whole entire time I lived in an apartment complex, anytime there was a picture taken of me, those were like, they would like be all on this like right side of me and like up. It would it would take it. It was like and it was right around the sixth sense time. So everybody was like, "What the fuck are you? Are you that fucking like that weirdo in sixth sense?" And I'm like, "Yes, yeah, I'm making it happen, fuckers. Yes, like <laughs> no, we're just taking pictures and like the, yeah, these just happened to be, but it never happened again outside of that uh, that complex to me." Ah, interesting. Yeah, the only thing I can relate to that story is I actually used to work at Disneyland um, for quite a few years, and there's a little boy spirit, and he appears all over the park because, you know, I was kind of the resident ghost guy when I worked there. So everybody told me all the ghost stories. I experienced stuff while I worked there. Um, but this little boy, his description was like, oh, we saw him over here at Star Tours. And then, well, we saw him in Mickey's house. Well, we saw him in Haunted Mansion. So this little boy loves to go around the entire park and appear and mess around with people at different places. So the, that's the only thing that reminds me of your story of the spirits appearing in different areas. Like this little boy loves to play around and mess with people all so over the park. So what's the backstory on that? Like, what do they think that is? Because that's, that's a famous Disneyland story. It is, and there's really not a lot of info on it. Uh, the one sad thing that's a reality for Disney is they don't like that kind of publicity. They they deny that anyone's ever died in the park, even though there's they have people have, um, it, it, but they bound to happen. Yeah, but um, in the early days of the park, they had a lot more power over what got out in the media, and they were able to cover up a lot more things that happened. Uh, now it's a lot harder because there's so many more people, there's social media, there's all this stuff. So we can't come to a full conclusion of why that spirit is there. But my knowledge of Disney and history is that they were able to cover up stuff back in the day a lot easier. 
And in those days, there were accidents and tragedies and those rides were new and there were problems. So, I mean, it easily could have been something that happened uh, on the park. It, it, it even could be a spirit that's actually on the land. Also, and I work there, I'm, I'm a witness to this, people dump ashes, human ashes in the park constantly. So sometimes the spirits of those animals that get dumped there, uh, they stay there once the ashes are dumped. So that's one of the theories as to why that little boy is there because there's a, the, she could put her little boy's ashes in the haunted mansion. Disney oh. told her no. She, did she went anyway. by herself <laughs> after the ride. That's a big health risk thing. So they have to shut the ride down, get special equipment, vacuum the ashes up. Like it's it's a big thing, and, uh, and they have to make sure they're all ashes of the ocean and stuff. Like you know, you exactly, can't just exactly yeah. You like, can't stand on the you know on the beach and dump it into the tide pool or nothing. Like you have to get permits, exactly. go out x amount of miles, and there's a lot of things you have to do. There is, but the people that have done it, and I've. I remember one morning, this is the craziest morning we ever had working there. I worked at Space Mountain at the time. I got there just shortly before opening, and all of a sudden they hear, we're down, there's human ashes all over the, the, the walkways. Somebody dumped it in here. And uh, it wasn't just Space Mountain. It was all the major rides in the railroad. So, like, we think somebody actually dumped multiple people's ashes all over the entire park on all the major rides. So, guests were livid because every major attraction was down for, like, three hours that morning. And totally people were just mad. Like, I, yeah, so and that was... And, they probably had, like, a business where they told everybody, hey, if you want your ashes dumped at uh, Disneyland, we'll do it for you. And they waited until they had, like, 30 people or 50 people. Can you imagine that? Um, hey, 200 bucks, I'll dump your ashes at Disneyland. So what you do is you just fill yeah. up like four vials and just throw the rest in the garbage. <laughs> and so when you're on the fucking, when you're fucking riding in the Indiana Jones ride, you just go fucking, you just dump like this little vial like this big. It's like, and then like you're on a small road. You're like, I bet you, you, would, you would think. It's actually much more dramatic than that. They actually bring the full bag of ashes and dump it. People have seen actually people do it in Pirates of the Caribbean. I have witnesses who have told me they've seen it. So they bring the full, like, however many pounds of the ashes are in the bag and, like, dump it there. Um, we actually suspected that morning that a cast member was trying to make extra money and he brought it in because the places he got it, only employees could have it there like a guest wouldn't have been able to reach certain places so we think the employee was like pay me 500 bucks and i'll dump your family's ashes here i've, so. I, I've heard that and maybe you guys already talked to this by the way i'm brian nice to meet you man um nice to uh, meet you brian Jump I, I, I've, I've heard stories and let me know if you guys already talked to this about um we already disney, talked about it about disney actually being a really tough place to work uh, no we have we just started the disney okay. talk it was just like, like they just, don't try. I, I it was awful, man. It was, it was, um, I, when I first left, I resented them so much. I didn't want to set foot in the park ever again. Like that they were, they did a lot. I worked there for 10 years. I had to threaten legal action and the labor board five times each while I worked there. That's exactly what I've heard. I've heard that. So um, like, yeah, they're, they're pretty horrible. You, yeah. yeah, do you, don't you like? Um, they bring like I. I heard I have a buddy who's a chef, who's a who's a, a chef now, but for his one of his internships, he had to go work at Disney World, and he was telling me stories about how when you when you work for Disney, 
um, a lot of, or not everybody, but a lot of people, they put up in like apartments and stuff. And it's like six people to an apartment with two rooms and it's crazy. Like, and you're, you're our Disney college program. Yes. yes. And that is true. They also take out rent from your paychecks, even though yes. they give you a ton of hours, they take your money out. Yeah. That's definitely, yeah. They came to my college, um, when I was going to school and they, they offered that program. And the first thing I asked them was, well, I'm an entertainer. Like, can I get an entertainment? Oh, that's not part of the program. I'm like, well then I can just go work there. I don't need to do an internship with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it definitely is. And then unfortunately for me, uh, just to be open and honest of why I feel the way I do about Disney, I was actually severely abused by my family growing up. So I stayed with Disney so long because I was used to that kind of treatment, you know, granted I fought them when they pushed me into corners, but you know, yeah, it's just it got to a point when I finally quit that I was just tired of the treatment. They treat you like children there. Um, it's just a big game. They don't care about you at all. Uh, like I said, I had to report them or threaten to report them to the labor board and the state and, and take I brought in attorneys to look at documents they try to force me to sign. So they're like, yeah, they're, they're pretty bad. And they take as much advantage of their cast members as they can. And to top it off, what you just brought up, Florida's worse. Florida is yeah. not regulated like California is. They don't have OSHA. They don't have Dodge. Like, they do a lot of shady stuff. They'll send stuff and spend more money to fix it cheaper in Florida than to spend that actual money and do it regulated here in California. So, like, there's a lot of stuff that's just shady about the way so, Disney does their work. Um, let me ask you something real quick. Um, were you a Disney fanatic growing up, or is that why you went to Disney, or was it just a, just a thing? Because, listen, when you talk about Disney fans, there's a group of Disney fans where it's basically like a cult. I mean, Disney fans yeah. get rabid. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not dogging them because that's cool. But yeah, Disney fans are like Scientology without having the religion, man. It's crazy. It's true. So I, I love certain things about Disney growing up. Like I love Mickey Mouse. I, I loved Mickey Mouse. After I worked there, I don't have as much admiration for That's the what company. I was or the, but, but growing up, I loved Mickey Mouse. I'm an impressionist. I do a great Mickey impression. So like there's things that, that I'm connected with with Disney. I've never been like a super fanatic, but I went there growing up because I grew up in California, Long Beach, California. I was far from there. Uh, but I don't. I wasn't a fanatic to the point where like everything I owned was Disney. Uh, I have only Disney movies. Like I'm not to that level. I just enjoyed it as a child and resented it after working there. <laughs> I gotta jump in. I don't want to distract from the main topic, but you threw something, and I think we have to, we can't just like skip past. You do a Mickey impression. Can can we get some of that? Oh yeah, of course. So I'll do it in the way I do it with my stamp. So funny enough, when I was having some of the worst times working at Disney, I did a whole rap album about Disney. I really and I I, I put out all the dirt. I dirt, aired out all the dirty laundry with that album about how they really operate. And one of the tracks I did, I rapped like Mickey Mouse over uh, the "What's the Difference" beat by Dr. Dre. And so I rap like Mickey Mouse. So I'll do a little of that. And I put that in my stand-up comedy as my closer. And I always shut down the comedy clubs with that. Uh, I don't have the beat on me right now because I'm holding my phone. But uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll do that for you guys. Okay. It's the number one mouse in the house. And if you have any doubt, I'm on your clothes and your mind and your mouth. And you know what I'm rhyming about. Getting dough in the highest amounts. I just get it in bounce. So yeah, you know. the little, great, little sample. man. Thanks. Oh, I love <laughs> it. I love it. That's awesome. That's what's up. 
So do you still um, do you still tour much for comedy? Do you do you do you, um, do, you, do, you no, do the circuit? Do I do, do what? You know, oh, the circuit. Um, not recently. COVID obviously has shut down a lot of my opportunities right now. Uh, I was doing a lot of acting gigs, movies, TV shows, commercials, and then when COVID hit, like everything got pushed back. Oh, it looks like in the fall, my some gigs are coming back into production. Uh, but stand up comedy, I actually. What was that? You come to Arizona often? Uh, I used to. My wife's originally from there. She's actually Navajo from uh, uh, the Navajo Nation. So we used to go quite a bit to visit her family. So every so often we do. <laughs> Not as much as we used to. So um, let's hear. But, let's, so, let's hear. Uh, let's hear us. Do you have any stories about uh, haunted comedy clubs? Because I know there's the stories about the comedy store being super haunted and all that fun stuff. Um, have you ever dealt with any with any uh, you know spir spiritual haunting type paranormal shit in comedy clubs? Um, not actual activity, but I am an empath. I'm sensitive to it. So when I'm in, like when I went to the comedy store, I felt it right away. Like it's yeah. a pretty strong presence that's in there. Uh, but I, I didn't, it didn't like mess with me or anything. And it's weird because, because I'm sensitive to it. They know that. Like I work at the Queen Mary. I, I think I might've, I don't remember I mentioned that yet. Uh, wow. I think I might've earlier, but I work at the Queen Mary for their Halloween event. That's I'm awesome. one of their main characters for the maze is Samuel the Savage. I do their commercials. I'm on merch, all that kind of stuff. I've always um, the first year I actually worked when I go. Um, the first year I, I worked there, and I had, I grew up in Long Beach, so I, I went there a lot growing up because I love haunted stuff, obviously. Uh, but the first time I worked there, the spirits I, I felt were like checking me out and getting used to me. So I felt them. And even there was times where I was getting ready to scare someone. And I thought they were coming around the corner and nobody was there. And I was like, oh, it's just the ghosts again. Okay, whatever. Um, but but the second year I went back, you could tell like they were used to me already. And they stopped. I stopped seeing them coming, like walking down the halls and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, they're just used to me. Like, yeah, this guy's cool. He's chill. Like, whatever. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I'm similar to that, I think. I have been to the comedy store a few times more than a few times. Um, and I, I think it was like the first few times I really felt the energy strong. And I felt like by the third or fourth time I went there, like it just kind of dissipated. Like it kind of felt me out and was like, yeah, he's cool. He's chill. So <laughs> yeah. For people that don't know um, the comedy store in California, in LA uh, specifically the comedy store in LA um, used to be a mob owned nightclub called Ciro's and Ciro's was like the place where, where the mob just hung out in LA. It's where a lot of the actors hung out and they had basically a couple rooms back there. I think one of them might be the belly room now that was like a hit room and that's where they would take people yeah. and they would never come out. So there's a lot of stories about, uh, especially, you know, the haunt, the hauntings at, at the comedy uh, store, um, in, in LA and, uh, I, I love the history aspect of of all that stuff, and uh, with the paranormal, uh, like uh, spiritual paranormal stuff, hauntings. You have a huge history aspect, and I love digging into that. So, he muted. He might be muted. Yeah, I don't know if he's muted or his audio yeah. is not working. I see. You. Yeah, we just we just lost your with your sound. You might be muted. Figure it out. No, this was so much fun. <laughs> we'll get it figured out. Um, you might okay. want to. How about now? There we go. Yes, we are back. 
Cool. I don't know what happened, but I turned it off and on and it worked. So that's good. That's usually how you um, fix things. Yeah. Turn it, off, turn it <laughs> turn, back on. Yep. Yeah. Tech support 101. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> there you go. Did you turn it off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The number one question is it plugged in? It's funny. All right. So, is there anything you want to? All right, so, what was the last topic to see? Uh, yeah, actually, I released a single today. Um, it should be showing up on Spotify and all platforms as a rap artist. Uh, I have an album coming out in the fall I'm working on. The title's tentative, so I don't really have that set. But the song I released today, uh, I put the lyric video up on my YouTube. Uh, it's called How Many. My artist name is MC Pierre. You can check me out at www.mcpierre.com. That's the letter M, the letter C, P I E R E dot com. And I have links to all my social media, my music. It's mostly my music, but you can find my comedy, my paranormal stuff on there too. And I have all my stuff on there. So, oh, yeah. So, we, what made you discover that you're like, that you have this passion for, for spitting flows? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like seriously like it's um, an easy thing to do like no i'm just laughing at the way you put it spitting flows spitting flows same same but like, it's, it's not what i do so it's not it's not inaccurate dropping bars yeah um no definitely it's 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 kind of it's kind of dark i think i kind of might have mentioned it earlier a little bit but um i was severely abused growing up and i couldn't express myself in in the household and by my abusers so um, my outlets became comedy and music and entertainment. And like, I was able to just like express myself so naturally in those ways, they became my passions. Um, rap, because I, I was raised in Long Beach, there was a lot of gang violence, a lot of drugs. I, like I saw a lot of crazy stuff on my block. Yeah. People getting shot, dead bodies, just like left in front yards. Like the cops didn't even cover it up. We're still dealing with whatever was going on. So like, I understood rap because I grew up, what, I knew what the rappers were talking about in LA because I grew up in that area. Um, and I think that's what connected me to the music originally. And then when I, I expanded my knowledge of rap, cause growing up in the West coast, it was only gangster rap and I understood it, but rapping like that didn't make sense. I, I don't pretend to be a gangster nor am I one. So it didn't feel natural to like use that type of, um, you know, wording in the way I write. So my friends introduced me to a lot of East coast rap and it was more conscious and lyrical. Hence why you have the Wu-Tang shirt on. Oh, we lost his audio again. Yeah, we lost your audio again. Try it one more time. Oh, this is Wakanda. Yeah, it's Wakanda. Yeah. Yeah. Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> Try turning your audio on and off again. We lost you again. Yeah. Let's see that. There we yeah. go. How are we doing? There you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a Wukanda shirt. My wife knows I like Wu-Tang, and we love Black Panthers, so she found that shirt and got it for me. So, yeah, definitely Wu-Tang. Um, I actually, um, early on, from 06 to 08, um, I did a lot of uh, freestyle battles out here in L.A., kind of earned a, a good name out there, battling a lot of MCs. Um, I got to open up for Killer Priest and a lot of Wu-Tang Clan members, Ghostface Killer, and they, they liked my music, so I actually started touring whenever killer priest came down to the west coast with him because he really liked me a lot so um, i really connected with a lot of those east coast artists because my style even though i'm west coast is very east coast very conscious um and uh it's expressing myself since i couldn't fight my abuser i used my music to kind of fight the system because the system's abusive so yes yeah fuck yeah what uh oh, go i got ahead, a quick Brian. question um 
who is there anybody out right now that might not uh, have a huge following that you're really listening to that you're really into um, right now in the in the music scene? Um, I was introduced to this artist named Gremlin Raps. Uh, his name's Gremlin, but Gremlin Raps is how you find him on like YouTube and social media. Um, he's growing bigger by the day, but he's not super huge yet. And he talks about a lot of real issues. So he's, he's getting big pretty quick. He relates to a lot of people. Um, I think his hashtag is like broken people. So he talks a lot about like bad relationships and heartbreak and things like that. And he's just really connecting with a lot of people. So uh, I definitely like his stuff. He's, he's very real down to earth. Um, and a friend of mine who's an up kind of a come, up and coming rapper too, he's a young kid, uh, introduced me to that guy, Gremlin, and I liked his stuff a lot. So, Who are your influences in hip hop and rap? Um, so if I go way back, the first group I fell in love with growing up was Bone Thugs and Harmony. And like just the way their flow style, the way they rap fast, I really liked them. I rapped a lot uh, of the lyrics when I was younger. Um, not to say that others didn't influence me, but for some reason, Bone Thugs really like caught my attention when I was really young. Uh, but when I became really into rap and I wanted to do it, my friend introduced me to Immortal Technique. He's from the yeah. East Coast, very oh, conscious yeah, political dude, That changed my life. At that yeah. moment, when I heard Revolutionary Volume 2, I knew that I wanted to rap and I was going to rap like somewhat like that, but I have my own style. But I still very much am influenced by that style. So yeah, talking about the the social issues of the day and and and, and mortal, mortal technique. If, if you guys way. don't know, yeah, if you guys don't know much about him, you guys need to go check him out. That dude is the real deal. Um, there's a lot of hip hop artists out there that uh, like to make up stories and 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 this and that. But mortal technique sound really really sounds like. Uh, you know he's doing it for a reason and not just to, to get big and make money and stuff like that so um uh real quick uh somebody in the chat asked have you ever been to gettysburg uh to do any uh haunting investigations sadly i have not we have made it out of california we've done cases in arizona we've done cases in nevada um i'm trying to think where else um but not no unfortunately i haven't been Go again, I mean, that, Kyle. I said, next time you're in Arizona doing a case, please, please, please call us. Yeah, reach out. Oh yeah, definitely. I'd love to like have a go, uh, uh, like a GoPro on, and like you know, like I seem to be a magnet for this stuff. So like, I would love to be able to help try to answer questions and and bring stuff into the room so that we could like show the world like what. Is happening to people like I do. Yeah. Before. Oh yeah. No, that would definitely be great. So if I do, for sure, we'll definitely stay in touch and uh, see if uh, we'll make it out there and get together. Okay. Before we uh, we let you go, uh, I want to take a quick cue uh, from my uh, co-host over at the Bogcast and ask uh, a question because you're an actor. And uh, can you give us a audition horror story? Where, you know, uh, some audition that you've been on and something just went crazy out of whack, an embarrassing situation, something like that. Um, let's see. Uh, I mean, really, the only one I could think of is uh, I've auditioned for America's Got Talent a ton of times. I've, I've rapped impressions. I've done stand-up comedy. I've done my original songs. I've tried everything for that. You've done one America's particular Got time at the L.A. convention. 
You I, I've auditioned it. for it. I, did you do it when Howard Stern did it? I didn't get on. Tell me you did uh, it. Yeah, because I have an audition for. Yeah, but unfortunately, I didn't make it on the show. There's, there's like, there's like pre auditions before they do the TV stuff. So, like, I never made it to like the actual judges. But you know so. what? They don't make it look like that on TV. They make it look like everybody gets in front of the four judges. Like you have that opportunity, nope, nope. golden fucking buzzer. They're a bunch of you fucking. You want to know the reality of that though? Yeah, they, they actually ninety percent uh, of the acts they actually select and find that are kind of up and comers to boost them. If you're lucky, only on a good season, ten percent of the people will actually just audition, make it. But wow. I researched most of the acts. And they were they were famous in the small towns they came from. So they pick they they actually go out and travel the country and find these acts before they even audition. I am a huge America's Got Talent, and I'm you not. just I'm not wow shit on it for me, which is cool because that's that's shitty that they do that because they make it look like these people come from around the world and they go to this place to audition and they they look to, to know that they're actually like. They're actually planting what they're what we're seeing is like I guess it. I guess it's just like so everything else that we get to watch in the fucking yeah, media. Yeah. Surprise, surprise! Uh, reality TV is not reality. That's the harsh lesson I had to learn in this business, especially with the paranormal. <laughs> I've turned down five five right. deals for TV shows because they wanted me to fake be fake play a character i'm like so you're telling me to use my skills as an actor but you're not going to pay me as an actor why the hell would i do that that's just stupid i'm being taken advantage of oh it's the exposure you know thank you yeah I, it's like yeah i want to get exposed to COVID. like no i'm not stupid i'm out of here let's hear that audition yeah. real quick anyway this Sorry. one, because, because I felt like I finally made it on America's Got Talent. So I went to the initial audition, and that's the trickery of their of their editing. People do show up from all around the world. I've met people from all around the world at these auditions. But they film the prelimin, uh, you know, preliminary auditions. Nobody's there. No famous people are there. It's like some low-level producers you never even heard of. Um, so And those people select the people they think are talented. So I went in. Uh, I did uh, I did Baby Got Back, but I did it in voices. So I performed Baby's Got Back as Christopher Walken, Mickey Mouse, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Kermit the Frog. Whoa, 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 whoa. I got to hear it now. I got to hear it now. Please, please do it for us. You can't keep dropping stuff like that and not think we're going to ask you to do it. Yeah, th this, this will be the magnum opus of the interview. Let's hear it. You did a Mickey rap. Now we got to get some of this. We're sorry, but we're not. That's all good. It's all good. Uh, hopefully, I remember all the lyrics to the song right now. But I like big butts, and I cannot lie. Other brothers can't deny when a girl walks in with any bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you're sprung. Well, I pop tough, and you notice that butt was stuffed, huh? Deep in a jean she's wearing. I'm hooked, and I can't stop staring. Oh, baby, I want to get with you and take your picture, huh? Yeah, so you know something like that. Yeah. And I switch this out. <laughs> thank you, brother. It's a Literally, good interview. Yeah, so thank you, thank you. Yeah, no, okay. So let me tell you, let me tell you. Hold on. So I did the initial audition for this female producer. I was in a room of at least 30 people. Everybody did their thing. I was the only one that did something like that. I was the only one that got called back in the room. She's like, hey. That was great. You're funny as hell. 
don't tell anyone. There's a secret round I'm going to send you to. There's a lot more producers in there. The suggestion I have, move around a little more. But other than that, you are hilarious. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm finally going to get on the show. All these years, finally. So I go into this other room. It's like all across the convention center. There's like two other people there. I look like the most normal, though. When I get in there, it's the people with the craziest outfits. There was a, a like 90-year-old lady who had a bunch of half-naked guys she danced with, and like she made it to that round. There was some guy with a dog with crazy <laughs> hair. Like everybody in there looked like freak. And I looked, I just had t-shirt and jeans on. It was a funny t-shirt, but yeah, I was like, I'm like, okay, well, I mean, maybe, maybe I actually have talent. That's why I'm in this room. Awesome. So I had to wait another like hour to get in. So finally I get into the secret round. It's two females and two male producers. So I go in, I took the lady's suggestion. I auditioned with a little more movement, just acting out like I'm Christopher Walken, like I'm Arnold, you know, I'm just really going all out with my characters. The female producers go, wow, that was hilarious and funny. The male producer sat there stone-faced and went, that's a different way to do impressions. You know, and they just sent me out of the room, and that was it. Next time, what actual F just happened? You need to have like rip away Adidas pads, and you're naked, and you go. your shit. Oh, I'm sure like, I would have got them. They love that kind of stuff. <laughs> where so, uh, where that was crazy because, like, I when you put your all into something and you know you're doing something that nobody else is doing and, and they true. act like you did nothing like wow like yawn i was doing yeah for real Not so that same. yeah like i felt i felt really insulted by the male producers and like that just, it, it, I, I was confused when i left that room like so the females loved it they were like that was great you're very funny and the male producers were like well that's different Jesus. And there were times when they were filming and I t did these auditions similar. I did other stuff. Sometimes I just did the Mickey Mouse rap I did for you earlier. Um, and there was times where earlier on when the show was, they used to film everything and they would film the auditions. There were times I would audition with my impressions and the camera guys would fall off the camera laughing when I was doing my impressions. And I still never made it. And I was like, dude, your camera guys couldn't stay on camera, but yet I can't get on this damn show. <laughs> It was fucking rigged. Fuck that show. Yeah, right. Where can <laughs> where can everybody find you on uh, like social media? You 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 let them know where you're uh, where they can find your music. What about social media and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. For sure, for sure. So my main website is www.mcpr.com. That's the letter M, the letter C, P I E double R E dot com. And you'll find that's mainly my music, but my comedy, my paranormal stuff's on there too. I have links to everything. On social media, my handle is talentedid. That's at talentedid. That's talented with an extra ED. I do so much. That's my kind of branding of myself, being Mr. Talentedid, because I do so many things. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the main stuff. You can find me all over social media with that and my music and all my other stuff. So, Oh, yeah. You got to come back on the show, man. Oh my God! Please, please come back. <laughs> that we did not be in touch. Let's figure out. We'll hit you up, brother. We appreciate you. Contact information, please. Please don't be a stranger. This was probably one of the funnest interviews I've ever done, and I appreciate it. And I thank you. All right, man. Thank Have you. Yeah, one. I appreciate. It. I had fun with you take guys care, too. Fun. We'll catch we'll you next time. for sure. You guys take it easy. Have a great night. Thanks for joining. Have a good night. Bye, you too. Bye. That was cool. Wow, what a fun interview that guy was. That was a good dude. Yeah, that was great, man. Kyle fangirled the fuck out. Oh, my God. 
I did. I, I really did. You couldn't even get a question in edgewise that if anybody else at the beginning of the interview. No, Kyle was I on literally it. consumed the entire interview. Like I had so many things that I wanted to talk about. Kyle was him. like, fuck your acting career. It's time for ghost stories. That's, <laughs> that's kind of where Kyle was. We talked about his acting career. We did. <laughs> I, I totally let him explain his acting career. But I was like, you know what? Enough about the fucking acting. It's time to talk about. Kyle was like, "You didn't get a stopwatch. You didn't get a stopwatch from Matt Damon. I don't care anymore. Let's talk fucking ghost stories." <laughs> That's pretty much what it was. Let's talk he was a good. Stories. He was a good dude, man. I really like him, man. He was. He was fun to talk. I was to. waiting like, for you to be like, "My house is haunted," and him be like, "Oh, really? You'd be like, you want to come over and see? I'm going to send you my address. Come on over." <laughs> you know what? I opened the door for that, and he did not walk through. <laughs> he wasn't crossing over that path. No, like I explained shit that happens in my house, and he did not say. He kind of sat there like child's play. I would love to come and ghost hit your. You know what? You're fucking on. <laughs> and he, and he, I, I, I opened the door for him, and he just went. He just took the door, and he just went. So, locked so I gotta ask. Um, and he checked. And he secured the deadbolt. And he checked the chain. And he jiggled it to make know. sure it was locked. He doesn't know me. I get it. You know what? I'm gonna keep in contact with him. We're gonna become friends. And then he's I think you guys are already besties. You guys are by Kyle's standards. You guys are already besties. Honestly, man, there's it's there's very few people that he 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 is kind of yeah, really high on. No, nah, he was he was real fun and he was, and you so, know I gave him I gave him a run for his money with paranormal stories. Oh, and yeah. did sure you guys do a um uh, a spinner rack this week? No, we have well, not. I'll be right. It's no, it is it Sunday? Uh, uh, that, that's what I was going to ask. Uh, what's going on with books um, and getting books right now? Have you guys been getting your books? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I have to pick up mine. I've been a little out of it for a minute, so I'm going to grab mine. But right now, it's the Batman titles. I got to. I was supposed to spend this week off, like revamping my pull list of like new stuff I wanted to get to kind of stack it up. Uh, have not gotten to that, unfortunately, but I'm going to. But, uh, Obviously, the Batman and detectives are like musts, and then after that, I'm kind of what the wind takes me. <laughs> They're kicking off <laughs> the Joker War. That's getting ready to start. Um, Tell me on that. They just announced today that they're scrapping all 5G, pretty much. Uh, Which, yeah. So there's no Good. more Luke Luke Fox becoming Batman. They're going to continue on, and Tinian's going to write till issue 101, and then he's off the book. They haven't announced a new creative team. Yet. I'm sure you're going to get that at their their DC Fan Expo or whatever they're going to do instead of going to Comic-Con. But that's right. pretty much it. There hasn't been much in the way. Yeah. No news, no nothing. It's been pretty... Bye, Corbin. Okay. Your, your audio's cutting out, Corbin. I'm sorry. I had to cop out. Yeah, yeah, ghost stories. Fuck whatever else you're talking about. So, um, do you guys uh, read Marvel books? Yeah. Marvel's stupid. So... There's a new book coming out, and I don't know if it's been if it's been released yet or if it's just been talked about. It, I guess there's a book coming out with Null called The King in Black or The King in Dark or something that like that. That was just announced today. That, that is, is going to be sick, bro. Did you see the cover for it? Yeah. Oh, my Bye. God. That cover is gorgeous. That is going to be a monster of a series, man. 
That was just announced today. And okay. then, I drink whiskey during And the, the other interview. big thing is that there's a uh, there's a hidden or a secret image crossover there event that Donny Cates is a, being attached to right now. A secret image crossover? Yeah. So with image, Marvel? They, I don't know. Image just released a picture on Twitter. It said crossover with three dots. And then later that day, Donny Cates put a picture of the same background with three dots. And so, and then it came out that he's attached to this, this hidden crossover project. Cool. So. Very cool. Donny Cates is everywhere in comics right now. Well, he's, he's bringing excitement back. Sorry about that guys. He's bringing excitement back into comics and, uh, Kyle, don't move. There's a ghost behind you. I see an, I see an orb on the Magneto picture right behind you. <laughs> dude, when I seen that orb, and there's an orb. Dude, it was it was wild, dude. It, and it wasn't like quarter size, like like Jump here was talking about. This thing was probably like the size of a basketball. I like that someone. I was laughing at the chat in that whole interview. And yeah, the chat. What, was what, what I'm assuming are your buddies, and just they going back and forth. His, yeah, they could not stand his internet. Going oh, back and forth and talking that. about how those orbs in the backyard are called fireflies. <laughs> No, it was crazy. The only, you know, like if Nubia was still in the chat at the time, she had seen it too. So it's not like I'm the only, like I walked in and said, hey, bro, fuck, nobody's kicking it backyard, smoking weed. What the fuck, you know? Oh, what the fuck is that, dude? It's a floating ball light. What the fuck is that? Little did you know, McClay walked out of the bushes and it was just the light from his spliff. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what you were seeing. It was crazy. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I uh, I'm kind of bummed out. I got to go. Uh, kind of bummed out because you missed a whole interview. I you had to do the fucking hot ten. <laughs> I um, I got to go and d- dig through a couple boxes of comics. Uh, there's not many. Well, I ran by a, a, I ran by a Zia, and so I saw they were open. I went in. And I mean, I had fun going through books. It was the first time I've had fun going through books in a long time. Going through books is fun until it starts hurting your back. That's, dude, that's, that's what I was going to get at next, is that it gets to a point where my back starts hurting much quicker than it used to. And that's my only problem is that I'm getting fucking old. Can you put these on a table for me so I can stand up and look at them? Yes. Yeah. I'm old and I'm fat. Yeah. I cannot bend over and look through these goddamn boxes of comics. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you need to come up with a little device that you that you wheel with you and it slides under the box and then it like scissor lifts up to your level so you can just go through it and then put it down and back just put it on the goddamn table for me Zias. you gotta get someone like Corbin who's young and spry that can just jump up and down and go through boxes hey for Corbin you. I'm looking for these books <laughs> On it, no, <laughs> yeah, and then it, it he'll do what he did to me at Brian's and be like, "Ooh, that's mine. Ooh, I'm taking that," and he's gonna snack <laughs> them all up. Listen, he has some bangers, man. I started giving up. Uh, yeah, that, I did do that. I, I shamelessly did it too. I feel bad though, a little bit. I, I wish I could go into. I wish there was a. Uh, you know what I wish for all the store owners that might be watching tonight or that are gonna watch this show in the Phoenix Valley, and. One of the things that I really miss is not having small mini cons like at hotel, 
banquet rooms or VFW halls. And I know we said we were going to try and put something like that together, but uh, that is needed more than anything. We right could now if ballot. our goddamn state would quit being that, a Corona hotspot. Keep the goddamn boxes of comics on the table. I don't want to get on my goddamn knees and look through comics. Keep them on a fucking table. I will say this. The good thing, uh, I remember one time I was uh, going through, I was, I was at a con and uh, Ed was there and they had all the boxes underneath and I'm like, he's like, are uh, you going to go through those too? Because I went through fucking every, every box on the table. I'm like, uh, no offense, man. man. It hurts. My knees are. I'm a little old. I'm not gonna get on my knees to look at comic books. He's like, oh, that's like twenty oh. years ago, dude. He goes. He goes. Yeah, I was 37. Uh, so he 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 goes. That. He goes here, dude, and he lifts every box and puts it on the table for me. So, shout out to uh, comic book uh, sl- slingers that do shit like that to sell books. That's what's up. Got to make the sale. Yeah, it's part of that. The problem is, is, is there's more old fat people like us, and we all look at the top boxes, and we don't look at the bottom boxes. So that's where you hide all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. That's where, so that's where you hide all the good stuff. Yeah, Dino tells a really good story about how uh, you know Fuck all the guys. What's that? Fuck hasn't that guy come We're on? We're not our CBSI show yet. royalty, bro. He would come on. He'll come on. Um, he. Uh, he tells a story about how all the you know all the guys that live on the East Coast all go to all the cons together because it's so close to everybody. And they, he said they were at a table at a con. And there must have been five or six CBSI guys, and they were all going through comics. And he just sat there and waited for a little bit, and they, they spread and walked away. And he walked up to the boxes underneath, and he pulled, like, He-Man Skeletor uh, Dave Wilkins variant. You oh. know, like all these six $500 books and a fucking – pack of hyenas just got, got done going through it, but they wouldn't go through the books on the bottom because it's pain in the ass. We're fat and we're old. And we're lazy. Hey, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Honestly, like from doing from construction for so long, my knees are so thrashed. It's hard for me to, to do, to, to, to get down there to look through books. First world comic problems. It really is. I'm about to hear excuses right now. Isn't that why you had kids? Hey, boy, pick that up. Yeah, put it on the table. You're right. You're right. If I could only get hit, like since that one time he wasn't feeling good. I remember that. Yeah. He's never, he's never wanted to go comic hunting with me again. Like it has, that incident has like burned in his brain, and he forever will not do anything related to that ever again. And that I feel so bad because it wasn't intentional. Well, not you. Should, you know what you should tell him is that. The people that were there, it wasn't a big deal to them. Like I, I don't even think about that ever. I've never even thought about no, that. You, what you do is you go the Billy Madison route, and you go, "You ain't cool unless you throw up while you're searching through comics." All right. <laughs> I mean, like, like I took him outside. He sat in the car. And then you pay Corbin ten bucks to throw up because he he sat in the car. But I mean, we cleaned it all up and stuff, and it wasn't his fault. He didn't feel that good and his stomach was upset and but i can't get him to do stuff like that anymore since then like he's like you know what it's all right because he found four corbin i've got this this and brightest day hardcover it's a little dirty if you pretend to throw up oh my it's yours. gosh we have an emergency can we can we make a new offer <laughs> yeah. yeah you yeah you have me oh that sucks yeah they're funny I mean, shit he was like 
what was he? He was like eight or nine when that happened. He was like he was a little kid when that happened. No way, really? How long ago was that? Six years? How old is he now? He's sixteen. So six years ago would be ten. So yeah, he was nine or ten when that happened. Damn, it doesn't yeah. feel like that long ago. I mean, it just you know what he had that fucking Starbucks Frappuccino, man, and it just didn't agree with him. <laughs> I think you know what we had some funky food like like some pizza the night before. I think our wings were funky because like my stomach was upset as well. Oh, uh, and I turned it off to a bad start. Yeah, and I think and the only thing he had was like this frappuccino and like I was like I'll get you a frappuccino. Then after we're done, after we're done comic hunting for hours on end, digging through boxes at like you know this is like seven in the morning at like two o'clock in the afternoon. I'll get you lunch. You know, yeah, yeah, I do that a lot. I see. I'm like, do y'all eat? Like, breakfast is still a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and then afterwards, <laughs> lunch, we be uh-huh, like everyone else, but we start eating lunch around two. I'm like, I feel like I'm the person saying, hey, y'all want to eat? <laughs> and it was like, it was hot in there that day. Remember, it was a real warm in there. It's it been just... like what we do during the crowd. Yeah, just a hot place, I guess. I wasn't there six years ago, but. And no, you were busy happen. doing a basketball podcast. Six years ago, yeah, you're done. No, I was still in dunking on fools with with Corbin Ford. Dunking on motherfuckers. Actually, I was just getting out of high school. I'm hitting that fucking three point. Yeah, way to make y'all feel old. I was a fresh newborn, eighteen year old. The alley oop with Corbin Ford. Do you want to see the uh, hot ten list real quick? Yeah, let's go break down hot ten. Let's get it. Second breakfast. Second breakfast. You fucking so much fucking you fangirled shit the shit out, Kyle. That was that was a good interview. I didn't fangirl. No, out. no fuck. Yeah, you, you did. did. You totally oh, did. did. You totally did. Did. for like thirty five minutes. Couldn't even. You totally did. But that's awesome. What, what I did was I I connected with the, I connected with our connected. <laughs> you sound like a that's a fangirl right there. Yeah, yep. you you docked, definitely uh, docked. Oh yeah, you were in from the beginning. Tell me, did I not tell stories that stumped him? If you could have been in the same room, you guys I would mean, have been touching tips. That's how close and, you would have been to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, Dude, it was, was a lot. How often do you get to talk to like a paranormal hunter about experiences that you've had in your life? Like, you know, like I was like, you know, like I was explaining in this interview, like this is stuff that's happened to me my whole life. That was less of an interview and more like paranormal story time with Kyle. <laughs> you know, I was asking his opinion. What, what do you, you know, and I didn't even get into a lot of it. His I, opinion I, was pretty much cool, bro. <laughs> yeah. No, it was more than that. Was it? <laughs> it was pretty much a cool story, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, because I was like, this happened to me in your experience and with your education and training. I mean, what do you think? When y'all weren't talking over each other, I would imagine that he had some points of well. That's <laughs> that can be thanks to shitty not, internet, but yeah, yeah I wasn't talking over him that much. No, um, it's, it was shitty internet. That that was all just shitty connection. But never works when I get it. But but like, tell me, I did not stump this dude who went to fuck. Who's got a doctorate in fucking paranormal? Does he? Think, tell I me, I did not stump him. When did you stump him? <laughs> Yeah, I want to be that person, but I'm curious as to that too. He not as you guys had like a int- nice shitty internet, Corbin. 
when I was when I was talking about the apartment complex I lived in, where the, um, where the spirits moved from apartment to apartment. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. You did stump him there. He didn't have a lot to say about that. He had never heard of something like that. Because he was probably like, I don't know what this guy's on, but I want some. This guy's a fucking liar. Is he being? Is he just trying to make me look stupid, or is he actually telling the truth? I think that's what it was. All right. But I, and I didn't mean to fangirl out, but I was like, hey, I've had these experiences. What do you think? I didn't and even get to of, ask about the rampant sexual exploits of the Disney cast members behind the scenes before shit yes. got all taken out of control. Yeah. Dude, when he was talking about Disney, dude, I went to the bathroom and I was muted for most of his Disney I know. Film. I'm just kidding. So before you fuck, just because you're a shitty interviewer, I am. don't blame it on me. I'm not. Hey. I'm not blaming anything on you, other than that you fangirled out. All right, so here's the hot ten. Uh, honorable mention number one is Scoop Comics number two. I was fucking. Oh, no, no, you were, you were. Let's just keep moving. You did a fantastic Let's job. Keep moving. Yeah, yeah. You did a fantastic job. Let's go. Top ten. No, hot dude, 10. you did a fantastic job. I'm not getting shit. Honorable favorite. mention. Hot ten. I am so excited for the hot ten, man. Let's How go. Dope is the excited. And the dead air. You all talking over each other in the dead air. This is just coverage. Just amazing. <laughs> it is pretty sick. It, it's really good. My bottle of whiskey. I know it's so. It's just a good cover. That is really sick. All right, wow. so uh, scoop comics. Number two, uh, Loch Ness Monster getting punched in the fucking mouth uh, by uh, Franz Ferdinand there. And um, I like it. Lots of color. Lots of beautiful color. Uh, very cool book. Uh, really cool stylized art. Um, this book, listen to this. A CBCS 2.0 with a detached cover and a detached centerfold sold this week for $3,100. Holy shit. A book that is half missing. A book that's half missing? Holy shit, that's crazy. So $3,100, that's, but whatever. Comics are crazy right now. Uh, This is a book that I think everybody should pay attention to. Um, This is uh, honorable mention number two. Everglade Angels number one. How dope is this cover? It's the VHS variant, so it looks like an old school VHS. I love the little horror sticker. You remember going to... You remember going to uh, uh, VHS rental places and they had little stickers on everything? I sure do. Yeah. Uh, this is – not many people know where this book comes from, to be honest. It sounds like it was part of like a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo, um, and copies are like already hitting uh, 100, 150 or something like that raw. But here's the crazy thing, and we didn't really talk about this in the Hot 10, but Scott Lobdell and uh, Upchurch both – in the past couple months have been hit by the quote unquote cancel culture movement. So, uh, I, it'd be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, when people find out about it, but this is a, uh, a beautiful cover and supposedly the story is really good. It's like something that people are saying that is bound for TV, but beautiful, beautiful, uh, book. Oh, wrong one. Oh, whoa. We saw number two. You did. Let me go ahead and do this. Amateur. I know. I'm like you. You would I think that I was going out. Sorry. Oh, What's that? You, 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 about to hurt, man. It's all in the world. 
you would you would think that uh, was a professional a professional podcaster or something here. So hey, we all screwed up. Look at the interview I just helped with. <laughs> you didn't right. screw up the interview. You did a great job. Uh, number ten. I like this cover. Come everybody, on, everybody, give part. fucking Kyle a round of applause for the job he did on his interview. There he is. He's given a. No, no. I, you know, I just, I just want to keep. I will never oh interview anybody ever again. Oh and I'm never doing another fucking basketball podcast because all I want to do is make fun of it. So let's all keep right. moving. Number all 10. Right. Number, number 10 is uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, the 2020 Tracy Yardley 1 in 10 variant. And this comes from the Sonic the Hedgehog annual. Um, and this is a surprise that multiple copies are selling for like, you know, 40, 50, 100 bucks. Uh, like c- prices are just really high all over the place uh, a day after the release. But how many people do you think bought or how many stores do you think bought 10 or 20 of this copy of, of Sonic the Hedgehog from IDW? Probably not a ton. Why is it um, Why is it popping? It's because of this character. So there's a new character in there. I, and this is the character, I guess. Sweet looking character. Awesome cover. Uh, but other than that, it's selling for some reason. Um, but yeah. Uh, beautiful. I, I like the cover, and if the character takes off, you never know. Could show up in a game. Uh, number nine is Ruins of Ravencraft Carnage number one, the second print cover. Uh, this uh, quickly moved from cover price to $50 plus for raw copies. Um, there are reports out there that there are only 800 or so copies, but you might want to check with somebody with a diamond account as it appears there. Uh, to be many, many more copies than that. So just just be weary, but it, it is selling for a lot of money, and um, you never know what's going to happen with the whole Carnage lineage type thing that's going on out there. So, all right, uh, number eight is Inhumans, uh, number five. Now. This is getting hot because of the um, Black Widow news that came out recently that um, they're going to be moving on, obviously, from Scarlett Johansson to the new character, that uh, uh, Yelena Belova character. And this is her first cameo appearance, I guess. She's mentioned but not shown, I guess, for something like that. But uh, 9.8, we're seeing about 300 last summer when the news first initially got announced. And then it settled back down to about 150, but now they're going above 300. So uh, if you have one of these, maybe time to sell them. This is a book you could find in dollar bins everywhere for the longest time. So I, I, I really think Turkish Dark Maul. Uh, I, I bought one of those Turkish uh, Darth Maul. Darth Maul. I do. I can't think. This is how drunk I was last week on the drunken uh, Mel conversation. I also bought that um, Excalibur's run for <laughs> like the first few books. <laughs> that Turkish variant's a great buy. I really think so. And the he guy... He's, he's a really nice guy. Really nice guy, yeah. Really nice guy. I apologize, but it's going to take this long, and I hope it gets there. Please let me know. If it's, like, he was really nice about it. Yeah. I love uh, sellers like that, especially when it's something from overseas and they contact you. Yeah. But this next one was on there last week in the same exact spot. And that's uh, amazing Spider-Man uh, number four from the 2014 run, the Umberto Ramos one in 10 variant. 
course, first appearance of Silk. Uh, 9.8 copies are continuing to uh, get, you know sell for a lot. They're hitting mid 600s, um, so it's continuing to go up in price. Uh, this book, all the Silk books were very affordable for the longest time, and a lot of people were saying, "How are these still so cheap?" You know, she should be up there with Spider Gwen and Miles and this and that. Well, that's happening now. So be ready if you have some of these books. Number six is Thor. Number five, the 1 in 25 Ribic variant. Now, we talked about this last week about this, you know, being very similar to the uh, Raphael Albuquerque uh, Thane of 13 book where it's got a great story. People are loving the story. The variant came out of nowhere. Um, there's a big first quote unquote first appearance in it and all that type of stuff. So this was a hundred dollar book last week and when it was on the list and now it's 200 plus, uh, yeah, raw. So a lot of people still love Donnie Cates out there and they think that, uh, he's, t you know, we just got done talking about him. He's got a lot of hype behind him right now more than ever. So his books are selling beautiful cover though. Like, look how – I love that cover. I really wish I, I had one of these. Matt, didn't you pick one of these up? Uh, not that cover, no. Okay. All right. I, I, I fucking – I can't get enough of that. That was, a, that was a $70 book right off the gate on yeah. the day that uh, they dropped. So there was – yeah, there was really no getting it. Yeah. All right. This is a big one. And uh, shout out to a uh, friend of the show, Chuck. Number five. Hawkman number four. Uh, 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 this is the first appearance of Zatanna. Um, this is one of the books that's actually getting ready to go out in our next uh, 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 CGC run, which I actually got half of it packed up and ready to go. So uh, should be going out shortly. Seven months. That's not bad. Well, no, I finally got a hold of uh, sure. our, our presser. So our presser is back in business now. And uh, he's that backed up or just that much going on in life? Well, he was uh, moving into a new house and super backed up, obviously. Uh, yeah, even even when he's not doing other shit, people are, are using his services like crazy. So. Yeah. But this is the first appearance of Zatanna. We all know about the news with Zatanna, and she's coming to the big screen, and hopefully Daddario plays her. That would be a I thought Grizzled Geek just – they were talking about a Grizzled Geek, and I thought that was one of the rumors that were – That was the only one that was verified. That was the is that only, what it is? Yeah, that was okay. the only rumor that was verified, yeah. All right, I got yeah. it. Fine. Yeah. Plus, uh, Gail Simone also got asked about it, and she made a comment um, in Twitter. I guess a fan or somebody asked her about it, and she shot back with a, uh, the winking emoji. Like, yeah, it's coming. And um, a lot of people think it'll she'll be uh, shown first in Justice League Dark. Um, and then... Like a winky emoji. But, again, this book is crazy. Uh, and if it has Zatanna on the cover... It would be super crazy if it, this is a big Silver Age key. But if it had Zatanna on the cover, because she doesn't get a cover appearance until like her third or fourth comic book appearance. Mm -hmm. So if she was on this book, it would be ridiculous. CGC copies are a CGC eight recently sold for about fifteen hundred dollars. So um, hopefully, uh, the one that Chuck ha uh, has comes back a uh, high grade and. Um, Nice little uh, chunk of change. Um, number four this week. 
Venom number three, of course, Donnie Cates again, first appearance in Null. Uh, real quick, uh, 9.8s are pushing 400 plus. And the third point, third print variants are hitting 500, and the one in 25s are in the mid 600s. So oh, I need to sell mine. Yeah. Get it graded, man. Get it graded and sell it. Do you have it graded already? No, but I think I'm going to get it graded, but I think I'm going to sell the run with it. Like I have all the Venom from one until now. I would be, yeah, I would sell them. Um, number three this week yeah. is not that one. Venom Ooh, again. <laughs> Venom again. My favorite book on the list this week is this book. Number three, Something is Killing the Children. Number eight, the Jeff Deckel, one in 25 variant. I, I so wish I had I bought this book. I didn't know about it. It's one of the, pro this probably is going to be uh, my, one of my picks for cover of the year. It is fucking gorgeous. Um, it's a number eight. It's not a number one. So that's kind of crazy. Uh, hopefully um, I can find one of these and pick it up for not too, too much because I, I this is one of those books that like, I got to get this covered. Too late. It's number three in the hot 10. It's already doubled it, in price. I know that's a problem, but here's, you ready for how much these are selling for? Huh? Hundred to hundred and fifty. So now it's a three hundred dollar book. All right. So, wow. yeah. the The incentive to uh, the issue before this is also selling well, but this is just gorgeous. The color is unreal. The the accenting of with the pink, the blue tones, the white hair. Uh, the it's just this is a masterpiece. Yeah. If any, if I'm gonna have my fangirl moment, it's uh, this this. For the show, it's it's something is killing the children. Number eight, uh, Jeff Deckel variant. So, I need to find one. Um, number two. All right, this is uh, this is some fun stuff here. This is the uh, Hawkeye run from num from uh, Aha and Fraction. This is number nine. This is the second printing. Uh, this is a book that was twenty five dollars at most for the longest time, and uh, in the past week. Every copy has that has been up has sold for hundred and hundred and fifty dollars. Um, crazy, crazy book. Uh, beautiful book. Love David Aha art, but Kate Bishop stuff is also getting big, and people are finding out about this book that didn't know about it. So, hundred and fifty dollars raw. Number one this week, Invincible Iron Man number nine, the Age of Apocalypse variant. This is uh, the you know more. Uh, the, the guts have the re-re spec, uh, you know, the early re-re appearance. Uh, I think the first full appearance. A lot of people are wanting to call this her first appearance. But it also has a sick, sick cover of War Machine as uh, one of Apocalypse, as, as Apocalypse, basically. Um, and this is another cover I wish I owned, or another book I wish I owned. I do not own it. I'm a huge Apocalypse fan, but I would love to, love to own this, card, uh, this, this uh, comic. That's pretty sick. That being said, that is the list this week. I'm, there we go. I'm surprised. I don't know if anyone else is shocked. Oh, no, I'm always shocked. No Miles. No Miles. Uh, yeah, there was. Venom 3. Oh, okay. he, He's on the cover, yeah. Yeah, but is that yeah, why that right. book is hot? No, that's not why it's <laughs> hot, but it's Miles. Yeah. I mean, it's partially, but not the main reason. But you're right. No, no big Miles books. But no, that doesn't mean that he's still not hot. No ultimate I think Fallout. I, no. I think Ultimate Fallout is starting to uh, settle back down. I think it'll be in the six to seven, eight hundred dollar range for nine point eight. I think that you know the 
Did you see that a, a newsstand variant of Ultimate Fallout 4? A newsstand 9.8 sold for like eight grand. That's insane. Eight, almost nine grand, I think. Those, uh, I mean, the hip hop variants are still are still around a two hundred auto range, but the other mouth books have kind of fallen back down too. Yeah, so. and that's normal. That's what happens. Well, it's just be, I, you know, it's just because the market was flooded. Yeah. Now you know, I mean, so the the market levels out once it's saturated. Yeah. Right. Yep, you're one hundred percent right. I'd be fangirling out, but you're not fangirling out. You did a fantastic job in the interview, Kyle. Yes. Hard pass. No, there's no hard pass. You did great. I've just never seen like you were you you went into it saying, I'm excited to do this, and you definitely showed your excitement. And I think he reciprocated that excitement. So when we have the, the psychic on, I'm not gonna be as excited now. Yes, you will. You'll be even no. more excited when you're asking him for a psychic. I'm gonna be meeting. like this the whole time. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, uh, you guys want to see uh, the new Bogcast commercial? Yes, always. Get a little bit of... Uh... So, so, his, so, Keith's girlfriend painted that picture. I don't know if you've seen it on Facebook. The Vincent yet. Price one? I swear to God, I thought that was an ad. She's until, great, right? Until, until, Keith, until I saw it was Keith. This is my beautiful girlfriend. I thought that was an ad for like one of those weird Facebook ads to like buy something. I really thought that's what it was. Yeah. I, I, I could. She, so for those of you that uh, have ever taken one of those uh, the, or went to one of those things, the wine and paint things where, you, you know, if you're not, you don't know how to paint and they give you some wine and you learn how to paint. So they that's did what that she did. Work. Yeah. She did that one time with a friend. She had never painted in her life. And they're like, well, what do you want to paint? She's like, oh, I'll paint my, I got a new dog. I'll paint my dog. So she painted their dog. And it came out perfect. And somebody saw it and went, can I, can you do that for me? I want to buy one. And so now she makes half of her living, if not more, painting pictures for people, dogs, uh, movie stars, all this crazy stuff. So it's kind of funny that she figured that out when she, she went to go drink and, and paint, you know? Like maybe did like Vincent Van Gogh or something like that. Like, yeah. And like, and it was like her rendition of, you know, this is the, you know, the famous painting. Now, here's the color palettes. Do your rendition of it. Yeah. So my plan is um, for I, I'm gonna uh, work. That. I haven't told Matt this yet, but I want to um, you guys this yet. I want to work with you guys and try and come together, come, figure out a commercial. Not as long as the podcast one I made, but a commercial that I can play. That I, for for absolute geek that I can play on all the uh, other channels. So, but this is I just started learning how to play with these these uh, um, programs. But uh, let me go ahead and share my screen and I'll show you. All right, this one's a little long, but uh, we can make we can make the absolute geek one shorter or just as long. But uh, all right, here we go. Wait, hold on. Let me let me do this again, Matt. I forgot to share audio. All right. Okay. Where the fuck is it? Like it is. Alright. Uh, no. Go fuck yourself. 
Uh, I will try to get in over the weekend. We'll see what it actually looks like. I'm going to try to get the contact highs. I'm walking through it. Oh, my God, dude. That fucking wound. And I just fucking couch block. Oh, major. Ow. Lots and lots of stinking indica buds. Stinky indica buds. Stinky indica buds. Stinky indica buds. You know what's crazy, bro? Here's why Game of Thrones resonates so much with me. It's because... It's all based on like history shit, like medieval history shit. Like real shit. Yeah, real shit. All that stuff really happened. Like, the, the <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it did. <laughs> I tried so hard to make it sound so real. I know. <laughs> Yeah, your whole fucking butthole and everything. There's like a, me- a little Lego man up there. Yeah. <laughs> a fucking little army toy. Yeah. Like yeah. Whoops. God damn it. Oh, 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 no. It used to be the mason jar. Sacto was an incredibly fertile creative place at that time we would play these shows at the cattle club and and pack it out talk with our kids whatever and there were just these amazing shows happening but it was all in this tiny little room and yeah you got fucking nirvana and awesome Garden and rage and pearl jam and alice and chain Weed was normal we had a hang in the attic when it was drying after harvest my mom if you if you burned yourself Put the salve, mommy's little magic salve on it. Or yeah. Your tummy was upset. You took one of mommy's magic little pills. And, I mean, it was normal. How do you um, deal with your kids with it? My kids don't even want to touch it because to me, to them, it's normal. Well, Isn't that amazing how they, that works? They've all been through the raid, so that yeah. gave them the shitty taste in their mouth right away. But now they're so that they're. So I think I'm going to shorten this part. This might, this this little part might be a little too long. Yeah. None of my kids smoke. Two of them have their card because they want it, just in case they ever need it. Yeah. If they want to get a job or if they want to go, they don't use. Neither one of them smoke. They don't. It's hilarious now. Like all their friends come over, like you want to dad smoke on a pot. You talk a lot about like how other countries, you know, have have legalized or, or decriminalized a long time ago. Where, the quit. Where yes, they do. <laughs> our drug rates go down and the usage <laughs> goes down. Shadows. It's not that forbidden fruit. Sure. That's, too. that's that. That's that <laughs> in the cupboards. That's <laughs> that couch <laughs> lock, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Smell that shit for yeah, I need to shorten this. Sativas for pussies until you gotta go pee pee and you can't get up, huh, Brian? <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with the cannabis. That's just laziness. Oh, I can't get up. Okay, I'm done. That's just old age. Negative side of the rain, the cords, and prison. But they also can't bend over to different car boxes, and I wet myself. <laughs> I wet myself in podcasts. So why wouldn't? Yeah, you really need to shorten this down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This part is just this part. Yeah, because I like I zoned out. Yeah. Yeah. You should have that dude fucking singing. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, bad. And, uh, and, oh. and like 
What was it? What was that line from his song that you like so much, Cal? Oh, like they both at the same time. The BJ, <laughs> but not the kind of BJ you're thinking oh, of, but the kind of BJ you're sorry, thinking no, of. Pipe, down. laying pipe. <laughs> or laying pipe, that's right. I just felt like so elevated. You know, just, just right away, like I just felt like like in the like in a video game, if you could feel the impact of like when your player picks up a bunch of lives, like one of those mega like live power ups, like, <laughs> like that was loud. That was super loud. Yeah, <laughs> I'll fix that. I'll fix that. That's it. Very nice. All right. I feel like I got a taste of the pod. Yeah, that should definitely be yeah. your uh, the video that plays when you enter your YouTube page. Yeah, that's what that's my plan. But I also want to make little little short ones, like five, three second ones, to play on every show you know I'm on of for the shows, shows that I'm part bro. of. That's a lot of shows. Well, yeah, it is. Fucking <laughs> yeah, I got no rebuttal, so I'm just gonna go with yeah. <laughs> Fucking hey. Hell yeah! Right, it is. Hell yeah. So, um, yeah, Rob Liefeld's new Stay Guys book's coming out. Did you guys see how many exclusive covers are coming out with it? Nobody gives a shit about Rob Liefeld. Not I don't give a fuck if there's 40 covers coming out. 36 Snake Eye exclusive covers. And they're all Rob Liefeld. That's the shitty part. Are they all Rob Liefeld? I don't think they Well, that's right. what I'm guessing. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> if he's so narcissistic, I would have <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, didn't you just say, thir- like, Rob Liefeld? No, so it's his Snake Eyes run. Oh. But it's got I never want to see his six, It's 36 exclusive variant covers. Wow. Ah, fuck off, Rob Liefeld. Yeah. Even though I'm a huge uh, G.I. Joe fan, uh, I'll probably end up buying a couple covers. Oh, of course, there's going to be a couple cool covers. He did He did block us, Nubia. He, we are blocked Ooh. by, li- by Liefeld. We are blocked by Liefeld. He did what, Nubia? He blocked us. She just asked in the chat, didn't he block you? Mm. Oh, she did. Mm. I, was wow. talking to her. I know her, so you fuck off her. her. Yeah. Box She's a waitress She's a, that you tried to pick up and take home. She's a cool chick. Oh Kyle, tell us what you think about Chilling Adventures of Sabrina being canceled. I think it's bullshit. You like that show, huh? I did. I liked it a lot. That was a big show for a long time. Why are they canceling it? Well, because for- Netflix blows and they cancel everything. That's why. We're Netflix. You like it? We're going to cancel. I'm surprised they didn't cancel fucking Stranger Things. They canceled that. They are. It's the last season. This is the last season. They canceled season. that cool show with Christina Applegate. Yep. Where, you know, and that was a cool show. You don't get you, you don't get past a five order <laughs> show at, at Netflix. Season five, it's done though. Dude, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't, I would like to sit in their, their meeting to see what makes them cancel shit because like um Supreme it was like you know what the, the second season it, it lagged a little bit you could tell that it was a little rush but overall it was a good season season one was a good season like I, 
I don't understand why if you find a good thing, why cancel it? And I don't understand. Like, oh, we only want to do really cheap documentaries. Well, you know what? People don't want to fucking watch a, a couple oh. documentaries or hear it, you know, once in a while. Tiger King, gold, gold documentary. There's a couple cool ones, but you know what? The last Dance. Three after documentary after documentary. That's not what we want on Netflix. We don't want all the fucking CW shows. We don't want – we want cool programming. And, like, you, you make these cool shows and then you go, you know what? We're going to keep renewing 13 Reasons Why. Fuck off Netflix. You need to listen to your audience and see what they're saying. Like, Netflix is like, fuck you. We don't care. We're just going to do whatever we want, and they need to listen to their audience. So devil's advocate here, are, is Netflix, are they listening to their audience? Because I obviously no, they're the vocal. They're well, I'm, saying, I'm saying that obviously there's a, a majority that, or uh, at least, I don't know the segment of people who are saying, as you are, original content, keeping stuff that fans like, whatever the case may be. But they've been doing this. They haven't had, like, direct ramifications, and they keep doing this. So I'm starting Maybe to think. shows, like, one season canceled, two seasons canceled like when things are starting to build and they're starting to be all right they're like you know what this show's starting to be all right you know what fuck it we're canceling it and that's yeah. what that's what netflix seems to do they seem to say fuck it we're just gonna cancel like i think they're so fucking cheap and their buttholes are so fucking tight that oh. they don't like to fuck it they don't like We'll dole out the money the first time. Nope, our bottles are so fucking tight, and they will, and they don't want to renew it. And I think that's the problem with goddamn Netflix. So you think that they get them on like they're like, all right, well we're gonna show, we're gonna sign you to this five season low contract, and then we'll see where it goes after that. And after that fifth season, they dump them before. Yeah, the they so when they start asking, hey, this is getting good. We want more money. Butthole tight. <laughs> show canceled and I think that's what happens and I you know and to Netflix I say fuck you Netflix fuck off like you fucking suck like make quality shows and keep them going like okay like um, that show that was uh, about the serial killers they canceled it Mindhunters? yes it was a good show it was also better than the book, which I had the misfortune of reading. So you're and right. It was a good show. And you know what they did? Oh, you're a good show? We're Netflix. Cancel it. Fuck off Netflix. I'm out of this. Oops. Now, add to that DC Universe. Fuck them too, honestly. Just like the show. They don't have a direction. I'm sorry. My yeah. No, no. I, I was going to expand on that, but keep going. Yeah, no, I'm right with you. on like, like you, HBO Max is here. I had canceled. Like, doesn't matter what happened. I've been around. I didn't. I didn't renew my DC Universe. I look on my emails today, and they offered, oh, if you have DC Universe, you can get HBO Max for $4.99 in addition um, for the next six months. It's like some kind of promotion, the and then I missed it because they gave it to me on the 29th, and it expired on the 1st of July. So now you have to pay the regular fourteen ninety nine. Fuck that and fuck no, you. DC the, so the writing's on the wall with DC Universe. It's done. Of course it is. Doom Patrol Don't is say now. That. Doom Patrol is an HBO Max original now. Star Girl. Star Girl is, is going to CW. Yep. Huh? Star Girl's on CW. Yeah. Yes, it's no longer going to be on DC Universe. Have you watched Star Girl? Yes. I watched the first episode. Four. 
it's really good. Yes. And, and it's the best thing they have on their platform. They're no longer showing on DC Universe. They're trying to... Yeah, it's really work. good. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, no, it is. It's ridiculous what DC Universe is doing. They should have went a long time ago as soon as HBO Max said, all our video content is going over there. We'll keep DC Universe as our equivalent to a Marvel Limited and leave it at that. But what they're doing right now is leaving people to hang in the wind. Huh? And you can read your comics. Exactly. And you can everything on DC. Yes. It's like Marvel does. You want to read Marvel stuff? Marvel Unlimited. You want to watch the stuff? Disney Plus. You want to read the comics? DC Universe. You want to watch the stuff? HBO Max. But instead, they're just keeping this thing like, will they or won't they? And people are still paying for DC Universe. I fuck that. I stopped. I'm not. Like, until you guys figure out what you're doing, I think it's ridiculous. You've been listening to there's, fans. They've been talking the entire time about this. There's no Because we've seen this on the wall for half a year. Harley Quinn is going to Goodbye. HBO Max. The only yeah. show left standing is Titans. The only show people don't know about and, that's in limbo and we is know Titans. That's gone. And we know that's gone. That's and the only one that's in limbo is because season three is kind of in limbo, right? Yeah, and I think it's going to be. I'll tell you what, season two of Doom Patrol, like I was saying earlier, has been phenomenally fantastic, above and beyond season one. Like I love the direction they're going with with Doom Patrol now that it's on HBO Max and the way this season's going. It's so much better than season one. You don't even really have to finish season one to get into season two. There's so much more depth to the characters. They're given they're given cyborg more depth. So I'm I'm okay with it. So far I've been I've been cool with with HBO Max and the content that they're they're dropping. And I could care less if HBO or if uh, the uh, DC app goes. Well, if for the comics, I would care. Comics, I would. What, Kyle? If you're moving everything Sorry. to HBO, then who cares? Right. But they're not moving the comics, though. We all know this. So they disappear? They're going to have to lower the price, then. Of course. And they should do it, like I said, make it like $5.99 a month for just the comics or $74, whatever, for the year, and just strip everything else off of it and keep it like it should have been to begin with. But maybe because the numbers aren't there for the people reading the comics. Maybe the, maybe there aren't a significant amount of people reading well, the comics, I would say. I would agree with that to a point. But if Marvel Unlimited is being used just as much and has tra- successfully transitioned the whole book, um, um, let's say, entertainment, visual divide, DC Universe can do the same thing. Move all their stuff, try it out, and then get rid of it. But to just get rid of it all, all together is stupid to me. Because, okay, fine, if you want to watch the stuff, go HBO Max. If you want to read it... Is it, though, because all off. of a sudden Marvel is now backing off? All these books they said they were going to digital only are now coming to print. So they're... The digital well, Marvel Unlimited... Yeah, the digital game again. I mean, that's hot. Uh huh. No, and, and I see what you're saying for the future stuff. But for backlog, if I want to read a Batman 503, and my <laughs> store doesn't have that, I'm not finding that fucking eBay. You know what I mean? I am, but I'm paying exorbitant amount. Well, I just want to read the thing. I'm not trying to collect it. I just want to read it. Then I could go to DC Universe and find that. If I'm trying to read a mid 1980s Spider Man comic, I go to Marvel to catch them on the archives. Dude, I am. I am. Totally oh, wow. <laughs> out. Wow. Dude, I am too. I like I'm, it's. We're not laughing at you, Corbin. No, no I, know. I read the comments. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I was just laughing at the comment. I like. I like. <laughs> I like the pose right now. I can't stop looking at Brian's hair majestically flowing in the wind. <laughs> Dude, I'm to- I'm totally watching that. You're talking, Corbett, but yeah. I'm totally watching fucking Bryant's hair. Fucking. Oh no, no, it's, I would do the same if I, I. I agree. No, I'm just saying. Well, did, like, you, 
That's my real quick. Did you? Get, we were talking about the Snake Eyes books. Uh, I'm dead wrong. I'm going to be buying a lot of these. Look how beautiful these covers are. All right, let me add it. Look at Joe. that San Diego variant. That is one of the most beautiful Snake Eyes covers I've ever seen. I'm in on that. Uh, I will be buying that. Look at how great this uh, this one right here, this big time collectibles one is. Look oh. at how great this one is by uh, Suan. The only Liefeld ones is this shit. The Liefeld ones are terrible. But that's sick as hell. Look at this one, dude. Right right here. Look at this one. It's an homage on Spider-Man coming out of the grave. And look at that virgin variant right there. Tyler Kirkham. Oh, I just bought Amy Tyndale. Yeah, the Tyler Kirkham one is a Frankie's comic experience. It's probably the best Frankie's comic cover he's put out in a long time or that they've put out in a long time. And that is a beautiful, beautiful cover. And they have a Storm Shadow one with it. So I will be buying the Comic Exposure one. I'll be buying the Frankie's variant. And I'll definitely be doing everything I can to get a hold of that San Diego. Jamie Tyndale one. Oh, this one, right? I like the Big Time Collectibles one. Uh, with the moon. Down. Down. First oh, one. Right here. Right here. That's the chick, yeah. God damn. Beautiful! Look how beautiful this one is right here. This this one by Nico. Look at this. Hold on. Uh, da, da, da. Here we go. Look at that, dude. Yeah, dude, that Rob. Oddly enough, that Rob like Liefeld that one looks very much like a uh, Major X cover. Yeah, and it is horrible. It's terrible. Look at that bicep, bro. Jesus. Look at look at his thighs. Like his muscles are popping out that have muscles on muscles. Look at his calves. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> Dude, he took leg day to a fucking extreme. Look yeah. at there's your Tyler's or Kirkham. Dude, what a nice cover. Dude, look like at those, this one though right here. Shoulder implants he had in there. That's sick right there, man. Fuck off, Snake Eyes covers. Yeah, so I, I I take that back. I not only will be buying, I just purchased two of the Frankie's ones. So <laughs> <laughs> sometimes a cover is a cover, man. And when it's a good one, it's a good one. And that Frankie's killed it on that one. Got to give credit where credit is due. I'm going to have to go with that big time collectibles one. That's dope. Yeah, I'm going to be buying that one too. With the storm shadow and the sword. I'm resisting the temptation. I'm building a wall. Uh, gonna go buy some comics, bro. Hey, kids, comics. Anything else uh, you guys can think of? Always. So the the big show wants to play Kingpin in the MCU. Old Paul White, professional wrestler. Hard pass. I'm hard. Pass. I'm hard down for it. Why? I'm I'm, fan, I'm fanboying over that I'm one to be at, honest. Kingpin should be the guy that played. Should be what's his name. D'Onofrio? I agree. No. Oh, yeah. See, I don't, I don't think... No. He was he the best opposite guy! That's one of the best acting roles in a long time. Not just comics, but pure acting. He killed it. If they keep it grounded in that street level that Netflix pulled off so well, I agree. Physically, I wasn't as... Intimidate. I felt like Marco Clark Duncan was more intimidating, and I never thought of him as Kingpin whenever I watched him. So he can't keep playing. I agree with Corbin. Sorry. Physically, he's not intimidating, but he looks. But he looks like 
a that, real that world dead and he like if kingpin was a real world person that's how he'd look but yeah. brutality the brutality and yes. the cold almost like he's 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 just shut off oh it was awesome man 100 percent I don't know. I think I think Big Show is going to give you a little you bit gotta, more of that. Yeah, finality. that's why I got to keep it grounded though, because I wouldn't see like a Daredevil Spider-Man. I yeah, I would agree with that. I don't know about the acting side. You definitely giving that away to D'Onofrio, but physically, yeah. I see him in a universe that would cross paths with Spider-Man and not get mopped up the floor. Because I'm not. I'm looking at the the Marvel Universe Spider-Man, and let's say we bring in D'Onofrio's Kingpin, and I'm not. I'm not seeing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the acting, yeah, it was gold. It was so carefully crafted. Yeah, I'm sorry, Kyle. Dude, even his size, dude. Like, like he he's was like a, 6'2". He was a big dude. Like, he's a big dude. So, like, I think he fought. He, dude, he killed it. And he's a fucking phenomenal actor. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, he is. He is. And he's 6'4", which, I mean, I thought – Kingpin almost like seven, but can't beat seven way, feet like, in the big show. Exactly, exactly. That's what I mean. I'll give him that. But like, let's not give any hate to Donofrio. In fact, most of those actors in those Marvel stuff, with the exception of Luke Cage, I really enjoyed and like would love to see them get a shot in the bigger universe. Because why would you want to? Re- why would you need to recast them when they were doing? You know what? Like that Punisher, please. I John really Lee. liked the guy that played Luke Cage. I thought Luke Cage was good. I didn't. And, and I didn't mind the guy that played Iron Fist. I don't know why everybody was so bu- angry about that. I liked it. I think, I, they hated I think they didn't like the show direction. He was a reflection of that being the title character. Because for me, I don't have an issue with Luke Cage. I just didn't. I didn't think he was that interesting. I think the show was that great, but the actor who played Luke Cage fucking killed it. The the big thing okay. with the with the Iron Fist thing was is that people were pissed off because they whitewashed. They're, they were like, oh, you're whitewashing a martial arts character, character that should be given to but an But he's Asian. white in the exactly. comics. Exactly, and yes. that's what people missed that that boat, but that's what it was, <laughs> is it was that people were upset that they whitewashed that character. That character was not given to an Asian actor. You, they, that was it their whole thing. Been, I, I, I think that's the whole reason why Marvel decided to do a Chang-Chi uh, uh, movie. Shang-Chi. It's just to make, just to make up. Yeah, yep. I'm down for it. I mean, I like the big show. I would like to see a little bit more acting chops, but I think D'Onofrio is great, but I I think big show offers a little bit more of that physicality and that you can pull off. I just don't think he would pull off being the the full-time acting villain. I think it's going to fall short. I don't know. You might be right. You might be right. I I haven't seen yeah. enough of his acting. Like I've watched him in the Big Show show, but I haven't seen but him playing short, that big right? villain. It's, it's 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 little bits. Well, no, I mean he's in quite a bit of the show, but like if he if he played like Captain and um, maybe not even Captain Insano from Waterboy, I don't know. I just know from just, watching him in wrestling, playing a bad guy, that he could probably do it, but. I don't know if he could do it as well as D'Onofrio. I just think that the, the physicality is more there for in his corner than it was for D'Onofrio. a big dude, though. Yeah. Like, he, like he's a big, like, over, like, not even tall. He's, like, a big dude. Yeah. Like, even in when he was in Men in Black, dude, he was a big dude. 
Yeah, but do you see big as in? Do you see that as like in water. a reflection in those types of movies? Like, I, I get. It. I'm not saying he's not a big dude, but I don't think he's that big. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's physically imposing for the type of show they had, for the type of thing that was going on. You you in the streets? It's like wow. In a world with Doctor Strange and this and that, like the I mean, Marvel like, Universe, characters really over, he's nothing. From waist down, it's big, and then from waist up, it's huge. Like, that's an impossible physique to get. Of course, which is what I'm trying to say. You have to make it larger than life in a way, right? It's not like the vulture where you could just modernize it with the wings, right? They should just I'm go just, full force and get fucking airsoft fatty. Brian, Brian knows who that is. <laughs> I would rather have D'Onofrio than Big Show only because the acting would be, like, several steps down. He is a good actor and I think he did I think he did Kingpin very well. I agree. The internal thought of it and the, the you know what I mean? Like, well, I try to keep it calm but then I explode. He did very well. Yep. I agree. And I think, I, I think he would continue to do that character well. We found a person to play that character good. Why insert somebody else? Amen. Amen. Fair enough. And that's 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 what I think. Just like I think, yeah. I I mean he Daredevil. Like Charlie, what's his name? Should play Daredevil. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. He killed it. Why and the guy that played Punisher should play Punisher. Mm, I don't know. If I Burnthal like that. Should keep playing Punisher. I like Burnthal. I like him as Punisher though. Yeah, didn't. Takes the hits like he reminds. He's the best Punisher we've had. I don't know. I mean, we've seen what they've done with the big budget movies. I mean, (laughs) three times now. Yeah, I talked about Thomas Jane. Was not. I I like Thomas Jane in some of the shit he does, but he was terrible as Punisher. Yeah. Obviously, what's his name was uh, Dave. Off London was terrible. David Hasselhoff played. David Hasselhoff played uh, Nick Fury. 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 But you had that one guy who was so forgettable in War Room or War Game or whatever. Like better than other people that played Punisher. You're right. Mm-hmm. He did it better. I just think they need a bigger dude that can act well to do it. I will say this: that Punisher, I believed him when he took the shots and the hits. You know what I mean? And still was able to keep yeah. going. That yeah. and that, that's the prerequisite for being that. You got to take some damage too. And yeah. those other movies didn't have that. And I feel like he took it. You had that same acting. It was the same psyche. Again, like I don't know. I think that Netflix, we were talking about how bad they were. They really pulled off that Marvel stuff. And I think the biggest crime was having some of that have to go. Well, that's one of the things bad. Michael, what they did is they made people care about Daredevil again. No one yeah. even really gave a shit about Daredevil until the, that Marvel show came out and it made people care about Daredevil again. Michael yeah. Stout made a great comment, in my opinion, where he said, There's no way Big Show can do it and not be campy. I agree. I think he yeah. could. I think he could. I, I I gotta agree with the rest of the guys. If, I if don't. you go, if you look at, if you go back to his entire wrestling career from it WCW, be it would be because he's a wrestler. Well, exactly. but The Rock you, can do it. You, you John Cena can do it. Took a lot of time before yes. he got to that point. He did. He took a lot of shit, and he and he had to do a lot of stuff to yeah. to do it. And if you just say, and you said it yourself, in his wrestling career. And still, The Rock really isn't a very good dramatic actor. No, I think he's fantastic. And 
have uh, in a lot of so, his movies. So, the only thing I've seen him good be in dramatic wise is the show he did on HBO, and he was still a little typecast in that. Ballers yes. is good. Gridiron Gang is good. Uh, I mean, he's got. It's not that good because I've never fucking heard of it. You've never seen the Gridiron Gang movie uh-uh. where he's a uh, uh, he works at a prison and he do, he do, forms a boys football team. No, fucking. It's good. a remake. It the fucking good. It's a remake movie. I don't know. It's a Disney movie. A Disney uh, no, remake. No, it's not a Disney movie. No, it's not a Disney movie, but it's a remake of another movie. Like a reboot. I yeah. know he did Walking Tall, which that, is a remake, but I didn't know that Gridiron we talked was a remake. To, we talked about the spinoffs. Apparently, that 80s show was not a direct spinoff from that 70s show, and neither was Freaks and Geeks. It was just referred to that because fans saw similarities in but neither was related to each other. They used that 80s show as like the same title to kind of chip off the success of that 70s show, but no direct parallel. I found out while doing the research just now from all the stuff you guys said, so I want to point that out because I'm here for the facts and somebody has like, to be. If you, if you actually... Don't be back, you fangirled. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just kidding. God, look at that. Everybody's you, shooting zingers tonight. The like, zingers are just going bing, bing. <laughs> Alright, well that'll do it for this week's episode. Um, for this week's episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast, I'm Matt... I'm Kyle. And I'm Corbin. And we'll see you guys uh, next uh, next Friday. We're going to have another interview. Um, <laughs> we're having David Bigelow on to come talk about him re- his role in Jaws and him rebuilding the Orca from Jaws. So that should be a good one to come check oh, that yeah. out. If it's your first time listening to us on YouTube, please make sure to hit that like and subscribe button. Turn that notification on so you know when we go live every Friday night. If you're listening to the playback on this on Monday, please leave us a review as it goes a long way to help us in the podcasting um, standings. And we'll see you guys next time. Peace!